with some people. Um, what is it? Uh, we were talking about the the new uh, graphics cards that Nvidia announced, mm-hmm. that, which is the Ti series, right? For the yep. for the thirty uh, or the three thousand thirty seventy and thirty eighty Ti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are comparable to a three ninety? Better? Worse? Thirty eighty Ti is like a smidge worse than a thirty ninety, but not as nearly as big. Okay. And price is weird, but it's a little bit less pricey. Because naturally this led into a uh, discussion regarding the situation around scalping and reselling. And yeah. Because since. Ooh, fun game. (laughs) Nobody could get their hands on even the old one. Keep talking. Okay. (laughs) Because the 3080 Ti came out and I have yet to do my eBay check for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let me do that live on the air. (laughs) People literally staking out Best Buy. Yeah, from it the should, moment it was announced. I should say yep. to date this to date this recording a little bit. The 3080 Ti is out. The 3070 Ti is not out. 3070 Ti okay. comes out next Friday. When did they reveal this? Like formally? Like a officially? week ago. A week ago. End of May. So so wait, they kept it under wraps to stop people from scalping. Maybe. I mean, it's not going to work. I mean, that's so that's sort of what <laughs> we were joking about. Naturally, we were talking about, um, you know, oh, you're seeing the same thing with shoes and everything related to technology, gaming, tickets for shit. <laughs> and it blew my mind. My car went up in value since yeah. I bought it five years ago. Used cars are through the roof. Has that ever happened before? What? Yes. That's why. <laughs> like... What the fuck? What are we doing as a society? Is, like, oh, I knew the oh housing market is is one thing, but like, so <laughs> so like the whole post COVID pandemic, it's so weird because all of I'm these just desperate for anything. I've, all point. I've been doing for like my job, I think I sent you a Snapchat the other day of like the boring part of my job, right? mm-hmm. which is just these dense, thick fucking powerpoints that read like textbooks more than anything. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically like all people have been saying is like during COVID. People spent frivolously. Out of COVID, people have accelerated their spending. Where are they getting all this money from? Are people just driving themselves into that much debt post-COVID? Well, no, I don't, no, so here's no, I don't know who's actually it's, buying these. I don't not, think it's... It's um, a combination of a couple of factors, from what I understand. Because the stimuluses weren't much, and they were just helping with things like rent and yeah. food. And This is going to be very capitalist, but... Give me a second. <laughs> okay. You categorize people into multiple categories when you're talking about the stimulus. The stimulus is was not to save poor people from dying. That was part of it. Yes. Right. But it was also to give people money to put to back spend, in the, yes. to put back into the economy, right? You were supposed you, to so use it. You, you, have you, a, you have a rate. Like you, whenever you spend a dollar, it generates more money in the pipeline down exactly. further along. So which, they, is, yeah. which is so funny you, when they like removed more wealthier people from... Well, yeah, but you can't. So that that's in that's the interesting thing for the last stimulus is because it's a bailout. They removed they removed more people up in the upper echelons, which makes sense. However, it does. You categorize people. Who they got, would be the likeliest to spend. Yeah, you categorize people who got the stimulus into a couple of different categories. You categorize it into poor unemployed who used it immediately to pay bills. Me. Yes. You you categorized it into paycheck to paycheck people who were living paycheck to paycheck, but used that to live it up a little, pay off some debt, blah, blah, blah. Actually, that's probably more me. <laughs> yeah. You, you, use, you, you categorize yeah. it to people who, like, have a good job and saw that as a little bit of extra spending money, mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And then you see that, and then you see the people who, like, 
it's a drop in the pan. And that's kind of the people that they eliminated. So right. when you eliminate those people, what you're left with is people who have money. Because also the unemployed were getting boosted unemployment <clears throat> in most yes. states. Yeah, I was clicking. So you partial. have people who have money but don't have enough money uh, to like move up into that upper echelon, but they want the money to move up into that upper echelon. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the tragic part of this is that every industry that involves reselling got a boost. Yes. Because you know what else went up in price? Like in like stuff that I'm in, like guitar pedals. I stopped buying guitar oh, pedals yeah, because yeah. they're fucking through the roof too. People are selling pedals that used to be 200 for three or four now because yep. companies can't make them fast enough and they're selling out. And uh, the tragic part of this is that a lot of people are looking to the reseller market to be like, if I'm online, I'm unemployed or I'm working from home. If I'm online at the right time, I can get a 3080 or I can get a PlayStation 5 and I can turn that 500 into 800. I saw a stat and early, people are doing like are, are I saw a stat it, so. earlier today. Uh, people invested in Ponzi schemes and multi-level marketing schemes hit a ten-year high. Wow, that makes this, so earlier this much year. sense. Yeah. Oh wow, mm -hmm. Th that also explains the collectibles market. Yeah, collectibles, co yeah. Pokemon like, see, cards, I, video I, games. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I associated that with like, well, everyone is is also like trapped inside and sad and nostalgic and. Well, yes, these markets wouldn't get a boost I'm sure if there were psychological. Like... So these markets wouldn't get a boost if there weren't people to buy. Of course, right? Yeah. So there are people who have the money, whether it's because there are a lot more poor people after COVID, but there are also a lot more wealthy people. This is all one and person right, hoarding of, all the GameCube games and Pokemon. There cards. are a lot of people who are somewhat wealthy now due to things like the GameStop squeeze or like the Dogecoin shit or Bitcoin right. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, like, there are people who have more money now to pay into these markets. Also, also the crypto yeah. angle pays a role in the video card exactly. thing yes. as well. So, yeah. so we're going to play a little game. NFTs. So, it is now, Thankfully, for those of you listening, uh, it is now Sunday, June 6th. The 3080 Ti came out on happy Friday. Yes, happy D-Day. <laughs> uh, came out on Friday, June 4th. Oh, and happy birthday, Tetris. Yes, happy right. birthday, Tetris. Check Big out shout our out to our friend Denny. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who reminded um, me of <laughs> Okay, so check out that series. For those of you that are unaware, we're going to go through the whole line. Right. $3060, $329 retail. $3060 Ti, $400 retail. Mm -hmm. $3070, $500. $3070 Ti, $600. $3080, $700. These sound so <laughs> affordable when you get <laughs> 3080 Ti, $1200. Yeah. $3090, $1500. Okay? Yeah. There's your there's your regular values. Got so it. we're going to play a little bit of game. I don't know why I told you all of them, but it might help later with clues. Uh, so we're going to play a little game called Price is Right Rules. Guess what the 3080 Ti is selling for on eBay. What? Okay. And these are sold listings. These are not people really? trying to get a lot. Okay, yes. this isn't a Disney VHS situation. Austin, no. what's a retail, Austin? 1200 Okay, okay. Uh, thanks, 12, Bob. I thanks, say, Bob. I appreciate that one. Okay. I say, I say, I say, twelve hundred for the uh, the founders edition from Nvidia because the third party ones are anywhere between thirteen and fifteen. I'm gonna double it and say twenty four hundred. Okay. Mm. I'm gonna have to go with eighteen fifty, Austin. 
Okay, You're so right. we're going to go to a round two. Yep. Randy lost because it is closest without going over. Shit. And it's so, twenty one ninety nine. Huh? So, so, the, <laughs> yeah. so the, close, the closest answer is eighteen fifty. Guess again. Here's your hint for round two. The thirty the thirty eighty is around seven hundred dollars. Those were about fourteen hundred on the reseller market. Okay. So that was so almost... not quite double. Not quite, but okay. Mm, I'm gonna have to go with. Uh... Two thousand five hundred. That's higher than your rate. Yeah, you, you said you said no. you were too high. No, last no, no. Time. Sorry, two thousand fifty. That's what I meant to say. Oh, two thousand fifty. That's okay. what I meant to say. I'm gonna have to go with two thousand fifty-one, Austin. <laughs> All right. Chris is right again. Fuck. Give me that. <laughs> we're gonna go for one more round and see if one of you can get it on the dot. Okay. Because I'm averaging a couple of these, but twenty eighty. I see what you did there. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I see what he yeah, did yeah. here. I'm going to have to say. He's just going to do 2081. Yeah. Say no. 2080 Ti. It'll be funny. <laughs> oh! Yeah, I'm going to have to go 2080 Ti. Uh, I, I'm going to have to say 2108.69 cents. All right. Chris is closest. Fuck this game. What was, what was... We're looking at about 2150. Solid. Man. I see a listing here that sold for 2500. I see a listing that sold for 2000. And I see a bunch of listings that sold for around twenty-one to twenty-two hundred. All right, so, so that's wait, my wait. Average. Your best guess? Do you think this is going to go up or down? Down. Uh, oh, uh you know, hopefully, it's gotta. <laughs> Here's a Asus Nvidia GeForce RTX 3080 Ti ROG Strix. I mean, overclocked thirty-two hundred dollars. Jesus. Um, I mean, they can't produce enough of the mm-hmm. like. Who is spending? Suit? $3,200 on a graphics card. Twitch streamers. Miners. Like, Miners. Twitch streamers, I understand. If you're going to try mine, I mean, that's fool's gold anyway, so you're just dumb as shit. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like. Miners a little bit less so because you're cutting into your profits paying over prices. Like, yes. Uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about people who mine. They don't ever factor in the cost of electricity or the cost of their overhead or the depreciation of their assets. Electricity for sure. <laughs> dude, they're like, they're like, I, dude, I mine like one one fiftieth thousand of a bitcoin. Aren't there like, and you're like, oh, uh, I guess like people who rent properties out now like have yes. a clause about if you're gonna mine bitcoin, you got to do it right, and no one is buying server stacks and server racks and just yeah. hooking up fucking graphics cards to mine. Everyone's like, I'm going to mine on my own computer to make a little side cash. And then they melt their computer and they're like, what do? <laughs> um, I will say, I don't know a prediction. God, I hope it goes down. Mm-hmm. But the 3080 has gone up by about three or $400. So it's now not 14, it's 1700 now. Ugh. You know what? So these might go up. <laughs> you know what? I hope, because you know the people who are making these cards, they have to be literally the geniuses of the industry i'm not talking about like using these cards the people who design them architect them make them i would love love if they put a hidden back door in there that somehow detected that you were using the processing cycle to mine bitcoin and it immediately just self-destructed okay so they didn't do that but they did cut the hash cycle oh so here's the problem though every every coin has a different mining algorithm. Yeah. So you have to cut the hash cycle for every coin. So NVIDIA did the math 
Bitcoin is no longer profitable to mine. Yeah, everyone's mining uh, like Ethereum or it, Ethereum. Yeah. yeah. So specifically, the hash tables for Ethereum have been cut. Which what people then did was a cracked the firmware because yep. you can flash the card and upload your own firmware. Yeah. Uh, and b mine Litecoin or some shit. So all they're doing is lowering the price of Ethereum and raising the price of other coins. Did you see Cummies tre uh, trended on Twitter the other day? What? There's Excuse a, me? There's a cum coin. Uh, sorry for the kids out there listening. <laughs> uh, there's a cum coin that was started by the adult entertainment industry. And, um, they're called Cummies? They're called Cummies. Uh, Cummies would have been way better. Cummies would have been better. <laughs> Cummies would have been better. They're called Cummies, and uh, Elon Musk tweeted... Something I, a little bit cryptically stop, sexual and I, boosted the price of that stop, coin by like thirty cents. Let's no, not let's not I, talk about I'm, Elon Musk. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> let's not talk about Elon what Musk. What is up, listeners? Yes. We are back with part two of our docu series on Billy the Mitch, professional gamer, restaurateur, and beacon of lawsuits. This is Hot Button. I am Randall Beatrice. Those voices you hear again are Austin Blakesley. Hello. And Chris Nudaboom. Hello. Last time, Chris ran us through the history as well as many obstacles of the Twin Galaxies organization, most known for their contributions to overseeing and cataloging various video game-related uh, competitions and world records, a group that Mitchell was also a close part of. Today, though, today is all going to be about the man himself, the ups, the downs, and the in-betweens. The only question now is where do we start? All right. <laughs> so, who is Billy Mitchell? Right? Yeah. Billy Mitchell's early childhood and subsequent <laughs> Webster's dictionary yeah, describes <laughs> describes Billy Mitchell as <laughs> Mitchell's early childhood and subsequent uh early teenage years, they, they were actually nothing too spectacular, right? He was born in Massachusetts, he moved to Florida at an early age, mm -hmm. and he became an avid lover of pinball early on. Hey. I love pinball. No, pinball's awesome. Uh, this was during the golden age of of arcades where they kind of began sprouting up and they were attracting kids in droves. And he describes himself as a very competitive player and always wanting to win. Eventually, this passion for pinball turned into a love for Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, where he soon developed a rivalry with a high school friend. They would push each other's scores up constantly until finally reaching a peak. He then started calling arcades to see what their high scores were, and someone eventually pointed him to Twin Galaxies out in Ottumwa, Iowa. And this is where the pages of the story become well-worn, and I place most emphasis on researching. Outside of his video game career, his family owns a restaurant in Florida, Ricky's, where he devoted most of his time outside of the limelight. They were the second restaurant in Florida to ever serve Buffalo-style wings in a time where it was more a regional specialty than a mainstream appetizer. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They also sell their own hot sauce, aptly named Ricky's World Famous Louisiana Hot Sauce. Yes. Uh, which we have some here on the set today. We do. And... From all of the reviews uh, that didn't include the mention of the King of Kong scandal, everyone basically unanimously, unanimously agreed it's really fucking good. Which me yeah. and Chris are behind. It's yes. very good. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> before you get into the rest of your script, we're oh, doing, we trying we're to doing a live taste test. Now, I will warn listeners, Randy is going to pour this on a tortilla chip yes. <laughs> and give us his review, but if uh, you're sensitive to people chomping... I mean, I could AMR this shit if you want. AS, yeah, he's going to ASMR <laughs> a little bit of eating tortilla chips. It smells so. good. Dude, you could douse. It's yeah. good. It's good. It's like it's Frank's. Good. You yeah. compared it to Frank's, yeah. 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 It's like Frank's if it wasn't mass produced. Yeah. Zero, zero calories, just the way I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. 
Yeah, you Ooh. see that look? Yeah. I mean, no one, no one listening could see it, but that's fucking good. I yeah. know. That is like a better French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It it's is. Really wow. good. Very Man. good. All right. Like, I could douse that shit on everything. That's mm-hmm. just like just the right amount of kick and flavor, too. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's, right. Your, there's your live review of Ricky's world famous Louisiana hot yeah. sauce. You gotta do it in the that's style. That's a strong of recommend. Louisiana you hot sauce from Florida. Right, you gotta on. do it in the style of the New Yorker. You know, you're like, I feel <laughs> nodes of champagne, red pepper, aged leather. Mm. Yeah, you can taste the barrel it was aged. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. With a. With overnotes of spice and Man. undernotes of happiness. Yeah, it's not like too smoky or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Great. <laughs> it's really fucking good. Yeah. Like, it, it's such a shame I'm that- I'm glad you were able to find this. I don't- for, It was uh, tough, to, it, tough to get for a yeah. little while. Yeah, Matt got it. Mm-hmm. They, they, do, they do limited runs on, on Amazon, and that's where we picked it up. And okay. there was like, I think when we bought it, there was three left. And did, were there people that- like yeah, bomb the yeah, that yeah, review yeah. on the Amazon Like page? Like, one of the reviews literally was, it was like one star and was like- can't believe this hot sauce is owned by a cheater, but it's really fucking good. Yeah. And you're like, really? Why does that have to... Yeah. What does that have to do, like, with this hot sauce at all? I'm surprised they can't pull, like, irre- irrelevant kind of, like... Regardless of his character. Yeah. He makes button, really good hot sauce. Hot button endorsement. Yeah. yeah. No, I, like, absolutely. The hot button seal of approval on Ricky's world-famous Louisiana hot sauce. There's a lot it's of delicious. shit that comes out of Florida. Bath salts, the adventures of Florida man... But like, if I ever go to Florida, I'm going to Ricky's. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm getting, I'm getting their wings. I bet it's probably a fine establishment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Florida gave the world three things: Miami Vice, Disney World, and Ricky's. <laughs> and Ricky's. Yeah. But we all are, right, this tastes better than Disney World. I think. All right, so you gotta stop eating. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like Disney World. I don't know why. Just, I said just that. drink the I hot love sauce. Disney World. Now we're gonna move on to a little bit more about the King of Kong, right? Even. Like, prior to the King of Kong, no one really had any fucking idea who Billy Mitchell was. Yeah, I think we mentioned it last week that that was the first time yes. that I, I at least oh, became yeah, no, aware I had him. no idea who yeah. he was. It was only after the 2007 documentary, The King of Kong, that people really started to associate him as a public figure. Yeah, uh, Mitchell has repeatedly referred to the movie as a work of fiction, stating that elements were deceptively edited or outright staged in service of establishing a narrative with a clear hero and villain. Yes, even even my memory of, of that movie still serves true. Yeah, not, which, not a knock against the quality of it, but it if, is uh, framed that way. Yeah, we are. We said this before. We we're going to do a, a commentary on it. Yes, and I'm very excited to revisit with this. Yes, new information. I have not like, seen it since it came out. Um, same. I'm very. The reason I said this last week, but in case you forgot, the reason we're doing this after is so that we all have this context. Yes. While watching it, yeah. but um, it is like. Even before recording these episodes or, or reading your script, it, it is very obvious who they want to be the villain. <laughs> Absolutely. It is very, very obvious. Like and it he's was not that's it, not a, a ridiculous claim on, on Billy's part. Yeah. 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 And it was also kind of easy to write that oh, story yeah. out of their persona. It's an underdog story. Yeah. Yeah. This claim you is, know, that's what documentaries need as a fucking a, a villain. An arc. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> And this claim was backed up by many of the people who were in the film or knew its subjects, including those who ended up questioning Mitchell's scores later on. Mm. Many agreed that aspects of The King of Kong were heavily exaggerated and misleading. However, the jury was split on whether the film accurately portrayed the personalities of those involved. Okay. 
Some of the more egregious examples include when Billy answers the phone by saying, World Record Headquarters, uh, which he claims was staged, or that he walks in on Weeby playing, and then they edited it to only show him staring icily and leaving without a word. Oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of... Yep. I remember uh, that part, yeah. And the worst part being the 2005 fun spot where Weeby and Mitchell were to play in person, but instead he sends a previously recorded tape that they set up and put on a TV and all the attendees watch how he smashes through the million-point milestone. Wow. The tape itself, dubbed the King of Kong tape, was one of the two performances Twin Galaxies eventually cited as grounds for its decision to remove all of Billy re- Billy's records during its 2017 investigation. Wow. Yeah. They, huh. The tape that they used in the film was the same tape that they used as evidence as to remove his his scores later on, which we will definitely get more into. That's interesting, though. Because, yeah, it, it's it has to do with, like, they... I have a theory about how it went down, mm-hmm. which I will definitely, definitely get into. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> but there were other tapes as well. Uh, one was dubbed the Mortgage Brokers Tape. It took place in Orlando at a Florida Association of Mortgage Brokers in July of 2007. For this attempt, Billy sought to make the score unimpeachable by sending the Donkey Kong circuit board to Nintendo for verification and then having a local GameStop manager install and lock it in the cabinet before he ever arrived at the venue. Which I find hilarious because if you've been to a GameStop, <laughs> those people don't know how arcade machines work. <laughs> yeah. No. It's the most knowledgeable GameStop manager. Yeah, no, no offense to, uh, to GameStop managers who may be listening, but I can't fucking do it. It's, <laughs> you're dealing with PCBs and shit. Like... <laughs> Being a GameStop manager does not qualify no, you to like yeah, solder circuit It's an outdated like uh, art, but I mean, the, sending it off to Nintendo was also a pr- like. Who do you think's on staff? I actually the found the, I found the guy they sent it to. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, he was. He That's was amazing. An, he was a Nintendo in, of America. He must employee. have been an alumni like there for a while. Like he passed away in 2012. Oh. He worked for Nintendo as an engineer for 30 years. Shit. This All guy right. was official. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I tried to find who it was, and while going through yeah. some of the court proceedings, I found the guy's name. I looked him up, and I sadly found his obituary. But this guy was just a god. Like, cool. I guess like, it's just the coolest. I, dude. I know because it's just. I mean, like companies of that size, everything is so corporatized. I can't imagine that arriving in the mail. Like, and just feel like, like he. He obviously did something that was who like do we more. Have here and it's like the guy who like works. He's doing modern stuff, right? He's like engineering the circuit boards for like the games and the chips. But then like yeah. on the side, they're like, "Oh, can you verify this Donkey Kong board?" And he's like, "Yeah, hold on." He's like, and absolutely. He, and he just like runs the bus architecture and fucking like he's like, "Yeah, this is official." Sick. Like you're just like, dude. Like, is this what you do on the side? Like, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And. Uh, <laughs> This mortgage broker's tape was uh Hey, totally, was, I can do that, whatever. Another one. There was there was a third one, and the reason for their investigation uh that that it, like ever began. Mm-hmm. It was dubbed the Boomers tape and took place in twenty ten at Boomers in Dania, oh, Florida. Okay, thank you. I was, I was like, why is this called the Boomers tape? Yeah. <laughs> it, it took place at an arcade that was previously Billy's childhood arcade. It was called Grand Grand Prix Raceorama. Okay. In honor of, I mean, I guess they are boomers, but yeah, <laughs> yeah let's not go. Right? Uh, in honor of the opening of the International Video Game Hall of Fame, Billy set two records that day in both Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior. Or it would have been Gen- Gen Xers. I don't know. Wait, Donkey Kong Junior or Donkey Kong Junior Math? 
Oh, there's no <laughs> arcade version of Donkey Kong Jr. Man. No, I, I wish there right. was. Yeah, I think you're right. So, Donkey Kong Jr. the one where Mario's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one. Right? Or no? No, yeah, that is right. What's the one where? I was I was just making a joke about how Mario's the bad guy in all, all of them. them. <laughs> what did Bowser ever do to do to him? Yeah. <laughs> I because there's the guy with the little spray can, and I don't remember if that's Don- Steve. Is his name Steve. That is Donkey Kong Jr., isn't it? Don- I, well, where's the one you actually play is Donkey Kong Jr. freeing Donkey Kong from Mario. Is that yeah? Yeah. Well, also, te- this, technically, none of this matters, by the way. If it's, if it's up to date, original Donkey Kong from Donkey Kong is actually Cranky Kong. Well, that's true. In right? the lineage, uh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- that is correct. So was Donkey Kong Jr. back then Donkey Kong now? No, then he's just Donkey Kong now. Then it means you play as Donkey Kong. Fuck. Unless you play as Candy Kong. Uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong 3, you played as Stanley the Exterminator. Stanley the Exterminator, okay. Yeah. That's it. Wait, you're, you're exterminating... Monkeys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're not an exterminator. You're yeah. a murderer. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. This is all like irrelevant. This yeah, it's so irrelevant. But okay, okay, okay. So this boomer's Just trying tape, to paint an image for everyone. This boomer's tape was the start of everything that eventually unfolded. Uh-huh. And you, we want to fast forward to August of 2017, where a moderator of the Donkey Kong forums, Jeremy Young, I, uh, who uh, was he was the person who actually came out and uh, kind of calculated like the maximum possible score that was out there for a right. Donkey Kong. Yeah, we mentioned that he in was, the last episode. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Did he he wrote a five thirty eight article, right? Yes. Yeah, I love that website. Yep. <laughs> and he wanted to draw the community's attention to a strange YouTube video, uh, ostensibly recorded the same day of the Boomers tape, and was uploaded to a YouTube channel belonging to a Robert Childs, a longtime friend of Billy Mitchell's. It showed Child swapping out the boards containing each game between the attempts so Billy could play both games on a single cabinet. Oh, we're, okay, so it's just like hit the... Yep, it was like, hey, he just broke the record. Like, we're swapping out the boards. Yeah. However, it was quickly noted that the video only showed a single board of Donkey Kong Jr. being taken out and then reinstalled with the camera quickly panning away in between to like to clearly disguise the fact that it, it was the same board. Mm-hmm. Right. And using some technical analysis of the boards, the position of the switches, and the fact that, uh, I don't know, it was an identical fucking board, it, was, uh, yeah. it quickly raised fear in the community. In a tactic that Jeremy must have learned from Microsoft, in steering, <laughs> instilling fear, uncertainty, and doubt into anything <laughs> is a powerful tool to get the ball rolling. And it is. So, Billy and Bob... Uh, eventually admitted that the video was staged, but claimed it was created purely to help Childs boost his channel and that it was recorded at the end of the day, long after the records had already been broken. So they kind of did this like, oh, we're doing it like like, a publicity stunt. Yeah, like a publicity stunt, but people take that like very, very seriously, right? Uh, Yeah. And this continued into February of 2018, where Jeremy Young relayed new findings on Billy's scores that alleged that all three tapes were played on non-authentic hardware using MAME, or multi arcade yes. machine emulator, and and man, word of this just spread like wildfire. Yes. <laughs> so, what is Mame? Would anybody like to take a shot? I mean, it's it's an arcade emulator, essentially. So right. yeah, so some of you out there listening might be familiar with Mame. I mean, you guys literally spent the last like year building a cabinet. So yeah, I, I think you're probably more prepared Ma- than me to. Uh, 
most listeners are probably familiar with what an emulator is. Mm -hmm. uh, so the non-technical, shorter explanation of what an emulator is is basically you are, through programming, creating an executable that can simulate the internal hardware, the memory bus, all that shit, Mm -hmm. CPU, GPU, sound chips of a console, and that console, uh, basically, you digitize the internal chip into a ROM of a game, and then that ROM is digitally inserted into the slot, and then yeah. the code, a bunch of magic happens behind the scenes that simulates the hardware of a console and gets that game to run as close to original yeah. as possible. It's not one-to-one. One. never one-to-one. One. Yeah. Uh, MAME is a different beast entirely, because MAME, as Chris said, it stands for Multiple Arcade Machine Emulator. So every arcade machine out there, for the most part, the some companies will do a lot of different games on one board, like Capcom, yes. like Street Fighter and Marvel vs. Capcom yeah. running off of the same board. But... It is essentially a framework which allows you to load in an another emulator that simulates the board, and you also have to load in a BIOS for that board, and you also have to load in separate BIOSes for sound, and it is uh, crazy. But essentially, yeah. it, is an, it is a framework which allows you to emulate any arcade machine on the market. And it's the best and most accessible option than yes. figuring out the logistics of how to and fucking... And way cheaper like, than buying original <laughs> hardware, especially for shit like Donkey Kong, which isn't made anymore. Yeah, for sure. Would an apt example be like, say I drive a Toyota Camry, right? But I want to drive a Ferrari. It would be like tricking my car like you think about it like when you hit the acceleration right you get a certain amount of rpms your brake feels some way your turning feels another way even your ac feels a certain way in a certain car it would be yeah. like tricking my car into giving me like the acceleration the braking and the turning of a ferrari but underneath the hood it would still be a toyota camera yeah it's engine. like imagine you had a blank, I like that metaphor actually. Yeah, yeah imagine you had a blank <laughs> car frame that just didn't look like any car yeah um, but it was very easy to swap the engine and internals of the car in and out. So it yeah. could be like you could try to drive a Camry and then you could swap the engine out real quickly for a to uh, Honda Civic, swap that engine out real quickly for a Ferrari, swap that out for a BMW. That's what MAME is. Okay. That's a good metaphor for it. And this is important yeah. because Twin Galaxies rules require you to play on all genuine hardware, including original boards. Because there were other records of people hitting the Pac-Man kill screen, but had done so on MAME and was subsequently turned away from. Yeah. Like, for it. And these rules were written before even, like, you know... I mean, this was... Um, sorry, uh, Twin Galaxies was founded... We talked about it last episode. In the 80s. 80s. Yeah, it's early, early 80s. 81. 81. And, um, and, I mean, even, even back then, like, they were pretty forward-thinking before home computers were you just ubiquitously a, like a yeah. part of the process but like i think we discussed last time that there was um they were very reliant on like tapes and stuff like that but i'm sure like the the process of making like of just guaranteeing this is all 100% what you see you know yep. they <laughs> like so. yeah it's it's important to denote here uh mame as well has a feature called save states yes Right, I didn't and, want to jump the gun on it, but yeah. that, that's 
pretty much probably the main reason why they don't. Yes. Yeah, because if you're just recording your footage from from main, exclude it, it. You have save states that you can immediately quick load into. Theoretically giving Theoretically, you a perfect run. Yes, yeah. giving you a perfect run. You'd be able to anticipate everything, a perfect RNG. And yeah. from an input perspective- Because it's luck and fixing mistakes. Yes. Like, yeah. There's a difference between if you splice a run, right? Then you'd be able to tell through audio analysis or video analysis that something's not right because it wouldn't line up perfectly because you would have like- The way the screen is built yeah. and- Like the camera and... angle or like whatever it may be, you could tell. And But when you have save state, you're essentially just- constantly reloading until you create the perfect run yeah yeah and it's i mean that could be a tough thing too to suss out with like in terms of your audio and visual like bugs because yeah. if everything is edited together like they, they can kind of tell now when it comes to save state and i'm sure they it, can it's, it's like it's such an in-depth level of analysis that's required it's a lot of it, extra work yes but I'm, it's a ton of extra work it, it, yeah it should also uh uh, an additional thing about MAME is that you are digitizing a bunch of computer values, which, as we all know, are a bunch of bits and bytes, ones, ones and, and zeros. zeros. <laughs> but if you know enough, you can go into that BIOS, since it's digital and not actual hardware, in the same way that you could technically solder something onto a Donkey Kong board to cheat, you could go into the BIOS and digitally solder something onto the Donkey Kong board to cheat. Yes. You could give, you could, mm -hmm. uh, you could manipulate the RNG, right? Mm -hmm. So like yeah. for, for uh, like, I think you were saying like for tool assisted runs of Donkey Kong, like it is theoretically possible to get like 2 million points, but like that has to be perfect RNG and everything has to be executed perfectly to the frame input. Yep. And, like, you could technically assist yourself in getting closer to there without anybody watching a video being able to tell without hours of analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, if you wouldn't know what a perfect run was when you were sitting at the cabinet, uh -huh. it's like... Exactly. <laughs> there, was a, there was actually a recent example of that in the speedrun community that I could talk about later, and uh, it was Minecraft. And it, it, it brought about an interesting discussion. Because that randomly they, generates its world. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah. And they brought in statisticians eventually to kind of talk about how lucky is too lucky. Mm. And when you're at the point where if you had 100 people playing the game for a million years straight, you one instance would occur. That is too lucky. <laughs> right? It's funny. It's like the one, in, they talk about one in a million. Yeah. Statistically, no problem. One in, like, one in fucking a Google, too lucky. <laughs> well, I mean, if you allow me to, to nerd out for one second here, I think I might have ref uh, brought this up on the on the Tetris episode, but there was a study done, uh, like, years ago on if you could theoretically play a game of Tetris forever, um, and, like... The hypothesis was back to this was before they did the uh, the seven bag method now because Tetris is a little bit more calculated in the pieces that you receive, but prior to this it would just be whatever you know which whatever ever one of the seven pieces was um, was thrown at you, and uh, they they found out that because of the the like the S and Z blocks which you can't clear in one move that the player would inevitably be doomed to lose. So even if you had a way of of playing 
in perpetuity endlessly if you weren't factoring in like you know your human health and a a battery or whatever the fuck like it could take hundreds or thousands of years but like at some point you would just receive like 50 z blocks and then the game would end and i was like and i thought that was just super interesting because a lot of arcade titles from that era were like designed to like well we'll suck a quarter down the game will get harder and eventually someone will it'll be too much but if you're really really fucking good you know then like what's the equivalent of the pac-man kill screen for tetris and it's like well i mean we uh, talked about um fucking joust right yep 56 hours yeah. yeah. Like yeah. yeah. There's there's the human limit is is <laughs> yeah. There's a um to plug Adam Neely's channel. Oh. Uh the, he's a music guy. Brilliant. So, but if you're into music theory at all or him. not even if you're uh he has a video called uh, What's the fastest music possible? Yeah. And he has as slow as possible as well. He has the slowest one possible, which is another fascinating video, but there is yeah, like incredibly interesting. They talk about like the human element Mm -hmm. where it's like things have gotten to the point now where humans are starting to get fast enough at playing instruments that there is (laughs) really no limit to how fast a song can be can be yeah and that wasn't the case it was always between these bpm of what we would describe as music you know and then it's like yeah the the limit then becomes at a certain bpm music just becomes like a beep yeah because you're moving so fast that the frequencies blend just together a into a single tone yeah fascinating stuff oh man <laughs> i see i we should get back to the, i because i was about to make another comment and i know it's just gonna do oh i'm sorry yeah, no, no 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 you're good we're good this is like a, the equivalent of like you think we all toked up of this yeah <laughs> like Yo, this dude, conversation. you wouldn't believe it yeah that's like well i was gonna make a comment about chess and talk going on chess there. and ai mm-hmm. and bots playing chess mm-hmm. like people have there's people always say like, well, how do you know if you're playing against a bot or not, right? And like the easiest deep blue, deep blue, <laughs> deep blue got fucking raw. <laughs> um, and when they talk about like playing against AI, uh, there's moves that AI do that are just not intuitive to humans whatsoever. Right. And that's yeah. how they determine it. They're like, oh, like a human would do this, right? We know that we should move this because it provides you this situational advantage. And then a computer like moves a side, like a, an outer pawn one space up because it's anticipating 30 moves down that they're going to block you there. And you're like, humans can't do that. We just don't have the brain power to 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 do that. Yeah. You know, like that, maybe, maybe we used a hundred percent of our brain. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah. Like limitless. Yeah. Which has come up on the show before for some reason. Probably what a, it's a what stupid a movie. fucking movie. But the, but yeah, like the, the last thing I say about the Tetris thing is it's funny is back then it was like, well, we'll just keep making the pieces drop faster and faster. Cause it's yep. just going to get more and more difficult, but they didn't, uh, uh you know, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't foresee how fucking good people were going to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and then eventually yeah. they come out with master mode, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then just before make you know it, invisible, like, yeah. Come on. And then before you know it, it's insta gravity, yeah. And now they're insta gravity <laughs> invisible, yeah. And you got to do it seven times in a row, yeah. The machines are never going to take over, never. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll always have the edge. <laughs> Skynet is a farce. To get back to another a one quick tangent before we get back into the actual episode, but this is more relevant. Uh, I found so Twin Galaxies does accept Mame. Yes. But as a separate category. Yes. Like you can have a record oh. for the main version and then okay. for the official version. 
and I found their submission guidelines. That was smart of them to do that because that allows more people There's, to participate. There yeah. is one MAME pack that they accept. I want to say it's like Wolf MAME. Wolf MAME. Yep. What, Got him. Wait, good. What, what makes that more official than... Uh, Wolf MAME is dedicated to precision. So a lot of, like, depending... There, there are different flavors of MAME that are out there, right? Yeah. And Wolf MAME is dedicated to... to they spent a lot of time on each game to make sure the emulation is as close to original as possible, where other people kind of skirt Take around. Take liberties. Yes, to make okay. to, for like performance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo that not even I understand, but I know it has to do with like um, refresh rates. A lot of the times, like how like your input lag. Yeah, and they have to account for like all the different types of hardware and yes. control and inputs that's what they that do. people yeah. have. Yeah. All right, real quick, I'm going to go down this as quickly as possible. All submissions must include video footage as well as an INP file, which is input, input. file, can be played back directly in MAME. Uh, mm. Autofire is not allowed. All MAME submissions are one-shot attempts. If you make a recording, your first attempt is what counts. If if present, NVRAM should be deleted before recording as NVRAM use is disallowed. No submission of any INP files that are not your own. Please make sure you read this correct settings and a correct ROM set for each game. Using incorrect ROM set will be result in rejected score. Uh, playback speeds must be 100 to 95%. Keyboard mapping uh, is at the discretion of the player but is on a game-by-game basis. Uh, please make sure that frame skip is set to zero and draw all frames option is checked. Frame skipping is reject is it a rejectable offense. You must go to the service menu for settings. All settings must be changed according to the rules specified in the specific score track you are submitting to. There's, there's more rules for this than just um, like yeah. <laughs> for games that have for games that have a BIOS file such as Neo Geo games. Please leave the BIOS settings at default. Show the dip switch settings in in Wolf Mame for every video submission. Yeah, I've seen like the camera, yep. like the literally have a camera pointed at the switches. Just yep. to... that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that they make you uh, reset your NVRAM. Yeah, that's uh, so like some games when you start them up, the RNG, the oh, the, the seated RNG will be the same if you reset it every single time, which is how games like uh, Wind Waker runs that way. Yeah, because. Oh. A guy came up with a program. The hardest part of Wind Waker, Wind Waker speedrunning, by the way, is the Kusplush game. <laughs> Fun fact. Because it's random, right? Yeah. And you actually have to like do really well, and that took the longest time. A guy found out that Wind Waker, the RNG was seated at the moment that you turn on the game, and then came up with a program that you entered in your shots, and depending on, you had to reach the Kusplush game by a certain time. <laughs> <laughs> real time and it would actually map out the rng and it would tell you the answer long story short yeah it's it's fucking crazy <laughs> but yeah they make you reset your mv ram so that that way the rng is steady across everybody for it so you can't like play three games because you know you restart on the 26th frame at 10 minutes and 25 seconds and that is the perfect seed got it that's cool okay Man, anyway that is cool back into it back into Oof. it so uh, to recap really quickly, because I know we just went off there, Jeremy Young, he kind of made this accusation out there. He cited this YouTube video. People kind of got a little hesitant. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, Young, he only had one tape that he could actually use as evidence, which was the King of Kong tape. For the mortgage brokers and boomers tapes, Billy had relied on a twin galaxies policy that allowed referees to verify any scores they witnessed live. 
In both cases, the referee was our boy, Todd Raj. <laughs> Todd Rogers, <laughs> who himself him. had quite a dubious past. Yeah, you cannot yeah. dodge the rod. Yeah. So Todd Rogers, who is he? Well, Todd Rogers is an American video game competitor from Brooksville, Florida, who gained fame in the early 1980s for many world record high scores and for his expertise on specifically Activision games. He claims he got his start in 1980 when he broke several scores that Activision published in their quarterly newsletter. This is the the drag racing yes. one, right? Yeah. Dragster. 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 Yeah. <laughs> After claiming so many records, he finally showcased his skill two years later at the 1982 Consumer Electronics Show to members of Activision. This led mm-hmm. Activision to hire Rogers uh, as sort of a mascot since video games were getting a bad reputation back then. Yeah, and especially that was like right around the time of the crash. Uh, like, And I think we, we brought it up in the in part one about how like companies wanted a, a public face. Yes. And yeah, like pull people in. I, I'm not gonna lie, like I saw some photos of him back then. Like pretty good looking dude. Okay. Like good looking dude, nice set of hair. He kinda didn't fit the stereotypical the ner- yeah. Like everyone thought video games were evil, it was turning their kids into del- delinquents, right? Mm-hmm. Um so he didn't fit that description of someone who was failing school or living in a basement. Yeah. He he had a girlfriend. He was basically their ideal poster boy to market towards parents. Yeah. And to market towards gamers. They themselves. were thrilled to show, like, hey, you can also have like the successful life. You can have and a life a and play video and, games. Yeah. 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 Which was a which was a concern back then. Mm-hmm. And and by being well, especially when the questions of like addiction and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and this really opened doors to working in the video game industry with many software publishers and newsprint magazines. And if you ever wanted to know the power of the phrase, it's not about the grades you make, but the hands you shake, look no further. <laughs> so he credits himself. That's going to be an official hot button shirt. It's <laughs> not about the grades you make, but the hands you shake. Nah, it should be over promise, under deliver. Yeah. Yeah. So he credits the work he received mainly from word of mouth. And this is a quote for him. When Activision was developing into different directions, many of their designers formed their own companies, such as Accolade, Acclaim, Absolute, etc. Acclaim, previous topic. So, <laughs> look up what happened to the. By working with Activision, <laughs> I got to work for those companies as well, since I had a perfect track record of promoting and playing video games for a living. And a lot of these guys, they were like Atari spinoffs too, so yep. their connections were already there. Sega, Nintendo, Atari were also along the same lines. Once I got to attend these huge gaming events, I was introduced to many of the luminaries of the industries and head of companies. They conversed and took a liking towards me and utilized my gaming skill and professional approach to help promote their brands. I always watched what kind of contracts that I was bound by as to never cross the line and work with the competitor companies at the same time. Hmm. So this led to him really being the first person officially endorsed and paid for the sole purpose of video game marketing and skills yeah i hesitate to call him the first esports player seeing as he was hired first and foremost for his ability to represent a brand right not to compete it's more i i I mean i wrote here that i'd be comfortable calling him the first video game brand manager but austin had a really good point yeah i said brand ambassador that's that's the best way it really is they still use that term i think Uh yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. in social media influencers (laughs) yeah yeah. you ever see the clip uh, of kanye west Talking about uh, Lady Gaga. No. Have you ever seen that? No. Because uh, at one point, uh, Polaroid 
was in dire straits and they got a boost in sales because Lady Gaga started like posting Polaroids oh, to her Instagram or whatever. That? Like and because she and then she became brand ambassador for Polaroid. And then there's a there's a famous clip of uh Kanye West in the studio and they ask him about it and he goes, Look, I like Gaga. I like Gaga's music. The fuck does she know about cameras? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good clip. That is really funny. That is who who did it first? Uh Gog- Lady Gaga or Life is Strange? Life is Strange Lady Gaga. Oh damn. Yeah. So during his career, Todd amassed an astounding 1700 plus records in different video games. They range from Frogger to Tapper to Harley Davidson pinball machines. <laughs> oh, pinball machines are included as well, huh? Yeah. Okay. However, the record that signed the checks and got him the jobs with Activision was his Dragster. Dragster. Released in 1980, Todd posted an impressive 5.1 seconds on a single drag, a record that lasted 34 years and 215 days. Did anybody ever play Dragster? Yeah, it kind of sucks. That's, yeah, yeah it's, I don't remember great. thinking it was. Um, back, back then, arcade, like video games themselves were so one-dimensional, mm-hmm. right? Like nowadays, yeah. everyone expects sandbox with RPG skills leveling up. Back then, it was like you're playing Dragster. What are you doing? You're dragging. Well, you're you're, dra- you're doing the dragon. No, race. yeah, like, but still, this is this is post Space Invaders. That's a game. Yeah, yeah, I like. Uh, you mentioned Frogger and Tapper. Yeah, like, Frogger uh, and Tapper are great. Those are more involved. Yeah, d- d- there's more depth to them. Yeah, because yeah. Dragster was literally like, I how do you drag? You just tap buttons, right? Yeah, I think you, it's a. Li- there's probably a little bit. You you more tap to a, it than you that, tap but... a button and then you have to like shift. Shift. Yeah. That's yeah. You it. gotta. There's, um, you have two buttons you can press and a joystick. Like Super so Sprint was like two years away. One is. That's the top game. button is gas, I believe, and then the side button is your clutch. So you like gas it. You have to release the gas, hit the clutch, shift up, and then yeah. hit back to the gas. Because if you if you hit the if you hit your gas and the clutch at the same time, you wait. Fly. What uh, what Mario Party was this mini game in? Oh, it should be. <laughs> it probably is. I oh yeah, it is. there's a drag racing game yeah. in Mario Party for sure. So yeah, he 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 really he had this record for for dragster and. Uh, surprisingly enough, or maybe unsurprisingly, in a move that predated Jeremy Young's allegations against Billy, a speedrunner and task creator named OmniGamer was uh, doing the Lord's work. In May of 2017, a full year before Young made allegations against Billy, uh, this YouTuber, Eric Kozel, Kaizel, I'm sorry, aka OmniGamer, disassembled Activision's 1980 game Dragster and created a simulator using uh, Microsoft Excel to show the fastest time possible. Uh, it, well, or, or Google Docs, one, <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. Right? Uh, the, I think it was Excel. I don't remember. It was I, I do remember, yeah. recall uh, when the story broke, though. Yeah. He found that the theoretical limit was 5.6446 seconds. This is a bit slower in comparison to... Activision's self-published fast time of 5.4 seconds Mm -hmm. that they cooked up for one of their 80s quarterly newsletters, both of which were slower than Todd's 5.1 that he claimed Hmm. he got in 1981, to which his proof is that he submitted a Polaroid to Activision at the Uh, time and that they verified it. Where's that Polaroid? People have tried to find it. the receipts. I mean, I don't know. Where's the photo of you from 2002? 2002? Randy doesn't like taking pictures. Yeah, I don't like... I mean, I don't... Prove it. 
feels like they steal his soul. I mean, there's pictures oh. of me out there somewhere, whether is, I like it or not. Isn't that a plot of an episode of Dilbert? That's a, it's a, <laughs> they go to the country. I believe it's an Aborigine belief. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess that's in me somewhere. You're not Australian. <laughs> well, Todd, I've had Fosters. They I've been doing Fosters. Outback. <laughs> oh my god, they don't sell Fosters in Australia. But they do. Yeah, it's the Australian beer, isn't it? Oh, Shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> Can I have some coffee? Beer? I am B E E. I apologize, Mr. Our Australian listeners, which yeah. I actually think there might be a couple. Yeah. Yeah. No, we know that uh, Outback sucks. It sucks here too. Yeah. I, I really hope they don't have Outback in Australia. They don't. Good. But I, I know a couple people from that Australia, already makes Australia who have better been to America us. and been to an Outback. And it's like all their punny food names are very racist to the natives of Australia. I bet. Because it's like walkabout shrimp. And it's like a walkabout is like a like a religious experience. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the only thing I know is uh, uh, what is it? a tucker bag. A tucker bag this is like a bag for your tucker. Makes sense. And the song Waltzing Matilda, which is that by Tame Impala? No, it's by Slim Dusty, the most Australian-sounding name of all time. Oh. Nope, it's Tame Impala. They're Australian. And if you ever played Civ Six, the song Waltzing Matilda, every single song for Australia is a remix of Waltzing Matilda. What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I could I could play it in here, but it's uh yeah, it's like. It's really, it's really good. You should listen to it. Okay. Listen to I'll it. try and send me the link. Yeah. I'll try and edit it very lowly under this. <laughs> Please do. Whole conversation about Australia, <laughs> so people can hear it. So, yeah, Todd Rogers, brand ambassador, seventeen hundred records, and he got uh, accused by Omni Gamer that you know basically the time that he was proving that he said that he had. Uh, through a Polaroid was just not even possible. And Todd yeah. was no stranger to speculation. It seemed pretty either. questionable. <laughs> it very. Over a hundred of his records have been called into question over the years, some of which are so ridiculous that they have to be fake. It took a long time for people though, to get to that, like, to become suspicious of it. Less, <laughs> it took a long period of time and more like nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, now I guess there's probably a- more of. It's a combination. Of that now it's a then. combination of people not giving a shit, and also Mame helped a lot because once yeah. people have access to that code, they can really analyze it and break it down. Good point. You can't sit in an arcade machine and analyze this shit frame by frame. Yeah, uh, of those 100 records that uh, were have been called into question, 26 of them were Activision games. Nine of those records have since been proven to be impossible. <laughs> so, for the following games, take a guess at what you think his score was, and then what the second place score was. Centipede for Atari. I mean, I don't, I don't know what. Uh, I mean, I've played Centipede. Would it would it help you if I gave you the second place score so you could base his off of? Yeah. Second place score for Centipede Atari was fifty eight thousand seventy eight points. I, I mean. If it's anything like his dragster score, it's probably a whole digit higher than that. Sixty-five million, <laughs> dude. If you're gonna cheat, be realistic about it. Like, why? <laughs> Beam Rider for Atari, second place score, three thousand nine hundred and forty-eight. Uh, wait, which game did you say it was? Beam Rider. What the fuck is Beam? 
say a few mil. Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. What? Come on, this is the equivalent of that Simpsons joke with like when when uh, Bart shows Homer his uh, report card. And Homer goes, you know, a D gets turned into a B so easily. You just got greedy. And it was like the A. It's just like. (laughs) So true. Happy Trails for the Intellivision. Second place score, 72,634. Happy Trails. You know what? Just fucking all nines again, right? Just run your finger along that. 9,999,999. What an asshole. (laughs) Galaga. Six hundred and sixteen thousand nine hundred and ninety. I mean, I've already played Galaga, and that's impossible. <laughs> Twenty one, two, three, four, five. Come on, two hundred thirty-two thousand seven hundred and sixty. The Galaga record of six hundred and sixteen thousand took twenty-eight minutes of playing Galaga. Twenty-eight minutes. If you got a score of twenty million, it's estimated that you would have to play fifteen plus hours. Which I'm mean, gonna guess he didn't do. No. <laughs> Allegedly, he didn't do it. He's got the, Billy's got the tapes, dude. <laughs> but so, how did this happen? Well, in 1986, after yeah, a good Guinness question. associates itself with the U.S. national video game team, Todd Rogers was actually part of that team. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. So from there, you start to see the same group of people all connected to Walter Day slowly becoming Guinness World Record holders. That's a shame, though, because it removes credibility from people who are, yes, like, legitimately a part of the scene. Yeah, it removes credibility from Billy Mitchell, who's actually, like, good, good at Donkey Kong. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so now you have this guy who is making a career on smashing video games, joining forces with the leading scorekeeper of video game high scores. While everyone else is sending videotapes competing for scores, he was either getting his friends to validate some of his scores. Big air quotes on that. Yeah. Validate. <laughs> and in some of the worst cases, he was just entering his own into the system. <laughs> and since they allowed private referee verification, he would just, you know, enter the score, What write one of his friends as the referee, let him know he got the score and that they could trust him. The old, uh, really? yeah, I just broke the record, bro. I just got 50 million. Oh, good for you, man. I already entered the system. Wait, what's the second place? <laughs> About three thousand. Yeah, like I've heard more convincing fucking lies on the playground when you when you're little. Like it's, jeez. Like, <laughs> if you think about it, you really need to be semi decent at a game, and it's believable, right? Like most of the records mm, happen at sure. home, away from crowds, and after many attempts. Yeah, anyway, but just like a running theme. Like eventually, though, after a while, some eyebrow raising. Like, would uh, <laughs> my. My point here is that, like, it's really not that unbelievable or far-fetched to think that someone who at the time was known as being really fucking good at video games no, that's to true. come out it's more of the with some of the most ridiculous scores and people would believe him, right? Like, he was yeah. touting himself as the top 1% of video game players, so people don't really have a reason to think he's lying. And at the same time, I don't think people really cared. Like, I wrote an yeah. example down. Um, I mean, if it took this long for everyone to challenge him on it. Like, if, if, think about it, right? Uh, so, like, here's here's a good example. Mm-hmm. Austin, how many people do you think entered Street Fighter V back at EVO in 2019? It was something like 2,000, because I remember that was, like, one of the first years Smash beat it, and it, that was a little over 2,000. Smash Ultimate or Melee? Oh, I guess that would have been a year after Ultimate. Yeah, yep. um, it was Ultimate. Yeah, it was, it was just around 2,000 people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you remember how the tournament ran, like, Pull, for EVO? Pulls. 
Yep. And then there's, what is it, a top uh, 32? Yep. <clears throat> and then they do double elimination bracket. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Which you is have, what we did for our tournament, yep. right? Yeah. You have three rounds of pools that you have to go through, and then from there it would get funneled down into a top 32 bracket, and all this was like double elimination. Yeah. Right? So do you know what would qualify you as being in the top 25% of that tournament? I want to see how long we can. Yeah, how long <laughs> the pause can go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's, make, that's make, the make part. Think that that's the part that you put like waltzing Matilda. In. <laughs> you would oh have no, to... I got to put Jeopardy music in there. Oh. <laughs> you would have to make it out of the first round of pools. Okay, and you were in the top twenty-five percent. So already we're down to five hundred people. Yeah, out of the two thousand. Out of the two thousand. Do you know what would qualify you as the top five percent? No. This has to be make a million. Like, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Like the. Yeah, the, the 64,000 plus. <laughs> Making it into the loser's bracket in round three of pools is the top 5%. So, yeah, we're at now, hold on, 100 people, and we're not even out of pools because it's 32. Wow, this yeah. would go on for Yep. Now, yeah. can you take a guess at what makes you the top 1%? I mean, in case you haven't figured it out by now, I'm bad at math. That's that's why we're asking you. <laughs> why? Ask you, you, you keep drinking those claws. Uh, <laughs> it's only one. I'm going to drink this hot sauce. and that That'll so stimulate my brain. <laughs> to be the top 1% at Evo, you have to play in the grand finals. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that makes sense. So if you think about it, right? Oh, it, technically, I think mathematically, it would be like top four would be 1%. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Uh, if you think about it, it's much more believable for you to say to yourself, I can make it out of the first round of pools, no problem, than it is for you to look at and say, I could win this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right? that's way more, um, <laughs> like, it's Realistic, easier, to di- yeah, right? easier to digest than looking at 2,000. So why? And- so when you look at those people who you think are going to make it to grand finals, right, who are going to win it, right, you look at them and you say, the skill cap between us is so immense that there's no way I'm going to beat these guys up in bracket. But these people in pools that I don't know, I could crush these guys. Oh, the can round. I use a Street Fighter metaphor? Yeah. Okay, it's like this. Imagine if uh, Justin Wong or Daigo Imahara got uh, convicted of cheating in like an online tournament. Like if Daigo somehow rigged his system in order to widen the input windows, Oh. would you be able to tell? No. Yeah. So, like, what Chris is trying to say is, like, Justin Wong would go up to the referee and be like... He shaved down the springs. Yeah, I'm using these Mm. two because they're the Evo uh, Moment 37 people, which is in one of our microtransactions. (laughs) Check that out. (laughs) But, um, like, Justin would be like, he's cheating. There's no way he could pull that combo off. But you just have to trust Justin Wong in saying that we all would because... No matter your level of Street Fighter play, none of us are Daigo, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what Chris is saying. Uh, got it. Yeah. So there's a, there's a bit of, like, politics at play here in terms of who you trust and respect to. No one had any be- any reason to believe that he didn't get No, that. of course. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until people went back, because these games are so rudimentary, yeah. that, like, 
they could look through the code and say these weren't possible. Yeah. I would also say that the internet helps a lot. Yeah. Because like when you're not well, Yeah, a, think about how big that community was then. Right. But it's, when you're not when you're not on the internet and there's now. just one scoreboard in a Tumna, Iowa or whatever. It's just gospel. It's just yeah, it's just gospel. And whereas like, you know, I could go on YouTube and look up dragster high scores and probably find thousands of videos and watch what really study and analyze what high level dragster game dragster is a bad example because it's a weird game but like <laughs> i could look at pac-man play. Mm-hmm. i could look at pac-man play for hours and hours and analyze what top level pac-man play looks like yeah and be like and i could watch 2500 videos of people playing pac-man and be like they all got around like a million points and some of them got close to the kill screen there's no way somebody could get two million you know what i mean like you could just like a regular person now can do the legwork to analyze and be like that 65 million is not fucking possible but if you're the dude that got twenty-eight thousand or whatever in centipede and you see the top score six million you you just kind of go you don't know you're second best in the world you just kind of go I guess I'm not that good. Damn, dude, I guess I'm not that good. Yeah. 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 So that was a great that was a great analogy. Yeah. Really good. yeah. But back to the main topic. Uh, when it comes to Todd, he was apparently setting records at an alarming pace. Even one of Todd's protégés, a uh, guy by the And in multiple games, which is Yeah, multiple games, multiple genres. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even one of his protégés who goes by the name Triforce Johnson has a Guinness World Record. He started a team called Empire Arcadia in the fighting game community who had players like Mewtwo King, Armada, Justin Wong, hey. NYC Chris, and even Yipes on their roster at one point. And his team holds the Guinness record for the most winning competitive team with over 2,000 tournament wins. So, yeah. Most of those coming from Justin Wong and Armada. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You know, all this evidence basically comes out. Todd Rogers just gets fucking fossilized. Yeah. Immediately. All that of his records are just stripped. Yeah, they're just stripped by both Guinness and Twin Galaxies with the latter officially distancing themselves from him entirely. And all this happens in August of 2017, the same month that Jeremy Young originally posted the allegation against Billy with the Boomers tapes. I don't think it's a coincidence. No, I don't think so either. Right? Like, it, you're, yeah. if, if everyone is paying more attention. Everyone thinks now. where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And he has an association with them. People are like, okay, let's let's start taking a look into it. Which is a, a bummer for Twin Galaxies as well. Yeah. But at at this point, this is really all we need to know about Todd Rogers. He made his career claiming to be some genetic fucking specimen of video games and partnering with video game companies. In order to keep that business flowing, he had to keep being good at the games. So to do that, uh, he made sure that the documents showed he was the top of class. Yep. Oh, it turns out video games do turn you into a degenerate. (laughs) (laughs) You were right. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, man. Someone get Al Gore on the phone. <laughs> yeah. But back to Billy. <laughs> so he had these records dubbed the Mortgage Brokers and the Boomers tapes, right? Both of which were cited in his allegations, both of which were verified by Todd Rogers. Any existing footage of the records has either been lost or just non-existent to begin with. And there exists some footage of the Mortgage Brokers, like external footage, but it's not... Of the gameplay itself, it's basically the equivalent of a passerby filming him playing. And the Mm. ongoing meme at the time was like, oh, Todd's got the tapes, bruh. Like alluding to the fact (laughs) that Todd claimed to have witnessed, documented, and reviewed the high scores. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) And for the the King of Kong tape, 
you can see Billy announce that actual record with an actual copy of the tape in a CRT playing next to him. And this is where the, the true geniuses came in and kind of demolished them. Because by, by looking at that footage, they actually found the smoking gun. It showed the level transitions. Yes, that's right. what I know about. It's just how it, the screens build in. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's actually there's actually two... Um, like, the tape is lost. Like, no one really knows where it is right now. It's probably been destroyed right. or sitting in an archive somewhere. It's passed around so many different hands at this point. It could um, be even damaged if found. If, yeah, if but, the, but the exists. two instances that they pretty much locked up, there was actually a segment on an MTV show where they were talking about Donkey Kong, and it was one of the Twin Galaxies dudes talking about Billy what, Mitchell's what world record, and it had the tape playing on a TV next to him, and then he had this public announcement where he announced that he broke it, and he had it playing next to him there, so they used those two to take a look and kind of dissect what was going on. <laughs> yep. And... Huh. Detectives, dude. Yeah. The seriously. simplest and most useful way to understand the technical evidence is to for us to focus on two features the screen orientation and what is known as the three girder pattern and so and you're referring to the the construction stage with the yes the first like the first stage yeah mm-hmm. so for the screen many arcade cabinets they actually use a monitor that's been rotated on its side to display a vertical image yeah right call it ikaruga style yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So like, I know it existed long before that, but that's just forever what I associate. Yeah, I would with say it. Donkey Kong style or nah. Pac Man style, but you know, nope. yeah, Ikaruga, Ikaruga, sure. So when you capture this video <laughs> signal and you play it back on a standard CRT TV or monitor, what appears to be the top of the screen is actually the right side of the arcade screen. Right, right, correct. <laughs> so. It's hard to conceptualize. I know it's different. no, I, I, but in yeah. Billy's video, the top image is on the left. Yes, yes. I didn't want to say right. Right. Yes. <laughs> Correct. The second feature. The, Who's the, on first? It, it's exactly. It's exactly like that. The second feature, the three girder pattern, requires a bunch more explanation. It refers to how Donkey Kong loads, how it loads in one of its four level types. So for the girder level, think the first level. Yeah, all the girders. Twenty five m, twenty five m. Oh, twenty five meters. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all the girders they all load in at the same time and on a regular, authentic arcade cabinet. Like they, they, like in order, on a regular arcade cabinet, they all come in at the same time, right? Okay. So for Billy's records, a different pattern occurs where only the top three girders are visible in the first frame, and this pattern is visually identical to one produced by some versions of Maine. And Got for it. this, people made that connection right. When, when I wrote this script, I originally tried to write an explanation for this as <laughs> to like try and explain it. Yeah. And then we just crossed it out and I wrote, uh, Austin, you should probably explain this about how games use memory addressing and how games pull and write assets to the screen. Mm-hmm. So, Austin, if you will, uh, tell us more about memory addressing and uh, how these games pull and write assets to the screen. Yeah, so, so basically, when you're drawing a frame on the screen for a video game, everything needs to already be in memory. It needs to be loaded. All the assets that need to be displayed need to be loaded into memory. Then they can be pulled from memory, and then the frame can be drawn. Because in addition to, you know, frames per second, in addition to that, you have frame time. Right. So if you've ever played a game... <laughs> cough, Dark Souls 1. 
where uh, it runs at 30 frames per second but still looks like it's stuttering, that's because some frames are taking longer to load than others. I mean, didn't that game also break when it ran at an unlocked frame rate? Or Yes. Yeah, okay. And that, I, uh, I think that, that was Dark Souls 2. Oh, okay. Actually, I don't I could, remember. I couldn't remember. I can't remember. I, I thought it was the PC version of one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of these. But games. um, so basically, uh, in order for everything to display not only at a consistent frame rate, but at with the same amount of milliseconds in between each frame, basically everything's in memory. Screen prepares a frame. Mm-hmm. So the way CRTs, okay, this is gonna be a long explanation. <laughs> So you know 1080p, you know 720p, you know 480p. This much I know. You know 480i. We don't use that anymore. That's a CRT thing. Maybe we don't. Progressive scan and interlace. Famous from the back of GameCube boxes. P stands for progressive scan. I stands for interlace. So basically CRTs use interlace. So basically what that means is in, because the image is moving so quickly... And you'll notice this if you ever watch sports on an interlaced TV. It can get really dicey because <laughs> they move very quickly. Okay. Um, you are not drawing the entire frame. You are drawing half of one frame and then the other half. You're drawing the odd lines of the first frame and the even lines of the second frame. And then you are displaying them so quickly that it doesn't matter. You can't tell. Yeah. Because for the most part, when you're watching a movie and this was not designed with video games in mind, but old video games too, most of the frame is identical. It's just whatever's moving. Yeah. You know, characters moving across screen. For or, sprite work. Yeah. yeah, especially for sprite work. Um, and as Chris mentioned, most arcade cabinets are a CRT turned sideways. So realistically, not only is it interlacing the picture, but it is loading from top to bottom. As opposed to modern TVs, where you're just, the whole fucking frame just gets displayed. That's what progressive scan is. Got it. Frame A is pr- prepared, frame B is prepared behind it, show frame A, prepare frame C, show frame B, okay. et cetera, et cetera. And as you're saying, if the play field is like, you know, it's vertically oriented on a screen yeah. turned. So a CRT is drawing, is drawing the picture. If you've ever seen those, if you've ever watched a video recording of a CRT TV, You'll notice those lines going up and yeah. down that we can't see. Yep. That's because of the way a camera records footage. It is capturing the frames moving up and down. If you pause it frame by frame, you'll see the frames loading in an interlaced pattern from top to bottom because it's being recorded over Billy's shoulder. So you're seeing the frames see. from yeah. the camera not syncing up with the frames in the game, so they're being drawn, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas in MAME, to simulate this, as Chris said, the three girder pattern, and I, I, this is all from a video, and I didn't refresh myself, so I apologize if, I, if anything I'm saying is incorrect. It's a lot of information to go over. Uh, no, but it's, basically, it's okay. not drawing the frame line by line. It is not interlacing the frame. It is just popping the frame on the screen, right? Because it's MAME. Yeah. It's doing it on an LCD monitor. Right. Uh, it can be doing it on a CRT, but MAME is meant to be run on newer monitors and stuff. So it is just popping the frame on the screen and then moving on. 
All the completed objects are just loaded and fired onto the screen. In order to simulate that drawing of the girders that happens from left to right or top to bottom, however you want to say it, uh, it draws the first three girders in the first frame and then the rest of them in the second frame as a, as a way to emulate the, the, the way a CRT works. Gotcha. And so they noticed that instead of all of the girders being there and being drawn from left to right in the first frame, only three of them were there in the first frame, and then and the rest of them were there in the second frame. And that's where yep. the red flags came from. And that's right? where the red flag comes from, because it is being drawn on the screen in a progressive manner, similar to how MAME would do it, not in an interlaced manner, similar to how an arcade cabinet would do it. I got to say, gotcha. beautiful explanation, Austin. Yeah. I cannot believe you knew that off the top of your head. Yeah, I'm uh, a smart guy. I, and it's I, a complicated I, show. Both, both you and I <laughs> clearly are experts in that, but I know we wanted to explain it to Randy over of course, here. Of course, uh, Who clearly look, had no idea. I don't mm-hmm. know nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. No, that is a very good explanation of exactly. And I, and I, that is the basics of how frames are drawn. It might be a little bit different as to how, exactly how they figured this out. They are smarter than me. I will say that. Yeah. So if I got any of that wrong, I apologize, and I and I please correct me because I would like to learn more. But I'm not, th- I'm not that smart. <laughs> that is that is where you get to like some of the intricacies of like Wolf Mame, and like how it handles that, like, yeah, that is something that is like particular to the Mame version itself, right? So like the Wolf Mame is is designed to be more accurate to the arcade cabinet than it would like what we saw. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, long story short, though. Ask me more te- Tetris-related questions. I can feel smart again. That's... Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll, I'll chalk this script full of them. No problem. We already, You already got like four hours of Tetris. Uh, I think it was more than that. You already got like eight hours of Tetris. <laughs> That's right, yeah. 20 hours of Tetris. You're, you're banned. If you bring up Tetris again, I'm getting a new host. I'm getting a new co-host. Okay? You're on... We'll have Fuse. A, yeah, a recap. He could just bark. He won't talk about Tetris. <laughs> yeah, he knows his role. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he, he is named after a video game character. <laughs> after all this stuff comes out, uh, not everyone out there actually turns against Billy. In fact, there are two people who actually volunteer to help him prove his case. Hey, all right. So he had some. Yeah, he had some. He had a lot of supporters. Okay. There, uh, these two p- individuals in particular, one was named Steve Kleiseth, and the other was Carlos Pinheiro. Okay. So, because he, he he had such a reputation post that documentary people, for being a heel that like but, I didn't but think people who would... know people who know him yeah say that like but... you know outside of the limelight and the videos and stuff like that he's just a down to earth dude he's he's just also, that's why we can't speak on that and also like, a lot know, of a lot of his friends and, can you know. verify that he's actually may, fucking good may at... be some fuckery but yeah. he is good at Pac Man and he is good at yeah, yeah. that's inarguable yeah yeah so Steve. Uh, a world record holder of Mario Brothers and professional drummer, had hey. known Billy and his lo- his longtime friend Robert Childs for years when the dispute Wait, first erupted. You know who he drummed with? No, I'm gonna look it up. Look it up. Man. <laughs> he worked with them to also. I, I J- will Jamie. Jamie, pull pull, pull up a uh, Steve. Pull that up. <laughs> pull up that clip. Pull up that clip. <laughs> also, I will say that uh, it, it, it in Billy's defense as well. A lot of the like. Um, events and conferences where he gets to meet fans. He's very like, yeah, you know, like welcoming. Hey, to... yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. 
So he worked He's willing with, to sign stuff and take pictures and all that. So he he actually great. he actually worked with both uh, Billy and Robert to organize a regular event called the Retro Arcade Night, where they would charge a, a single flat rate admission uh, to Robert Child's arcade for a free play night. So you wouldn't have to put in quarters. Pay twenty dollars. Hey, right on. Play for four hours straight, whatever. Good shit. Carlos, on the other hand, had no idea who the fuck Billy Mitchell was. <laughs> he had met Robert Childs in 2015 when he sold him his old collection of arcade boards. Afterwards, mm. he added Childs on Facebook, but didn't really keep in touch beyond that. Eventually, in early 2018, Childs made a Facebook post asking for verification that a direct feed setup that he had used for the King of Kong tape could have been used to record footage from an arcade machine. Right. He's basically saying, like, hey, can someone out there help verify and prove that, like, this footage that we used, like, actually came from an arcade machine? And Pinero had actually worked for Sega for years on arcade cabinets. Oh, that's right from the source. Uh, yeah. And, and he apparently he felt compelled to respond, letting Childs know exactly what he had described was indeed correct. All right. Real quick. Uh, cool. He is a punk drummer uh-huh. uh, for the band's Pull, which I've never heard of, Strong Arm. Shy Halud and further seems forever. The the most I could pull up is further seems forever. Uh, broke up and led to the formation of Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> so wow, wow. <laughs> they're from Florida. There you go. There you go. They're also Christian. Mm, well, and Shy Halud is named after the worm from Dune. <laughs> Okay, oh my I God, was that's like, cool. why the fuck does this sound so familiar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, at this point, uh, Steve saw the post and reached out to see if Pinheiro might be willing to help conduct tests on Mitchell's behalf, essentially to prove an easy explanation for the three-girder pattern. Pinheiro agreed, and the two got to work. They provided all the original equipment, recording devices, and arcade boards. By they, I mean uh, Mitchell and, and Robert Childs. Pinheiro served as the technical lead, and Cly- uh, well, Steve Kleiseth helped wherever he could. Both have stated that Billy never once asked them to lie. And when Billy was asked if he wanted them to stop investigating, Billy told them to report exactly what they found and what they saw. So that's what they did. Okay. Steve posted the report to the Twin Galaxies dispute thread on April 9th, 2018, stating the game tapes were not generated from a genuine Nintendo Donkey Kong PCB. Almost immediately after, Steve reported that Billy had actually cut all communication with him. However, according to Pinheiro, he and Billy are still on pretty good terms. Good yeah. Okay. At this point, Twin Galaxies was under new ownership after Walter Day sold the business in the mid-2000s. Yeah, that's I was. I did we mention that last week? Yeah, it's it changed hands roughly like three or four times. Yeah, before I knew. being under the current leadership of Jace Hall. Okay. Uh, oh, he, we did. Okay. Yeah. Jace no, Hall, right. by the way, uh, is the owner of Echo Fox, uh, an apparent lover of classic video games. Also, mm. former hot button character, uh, because he used to have an internet show in the early days of the internet called the Jace Hall Show, and that was where the first reported footage of. Duke Nukem Forever came from as well. <laughs> that is an interesting tidbit. I had no idea. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> was, it, was that when it was on like the Quake 2 engine, I guess? Was mm-hmm, it the initial? Mm-hmm. like? <laughs> Man. <laughs> so all this stuff comes out. They do this investigation. Steve posts his report to Twin Galaxies. And the decision to remove Billy's records came down three days later. 
Twin Galaxies yeah, ruled quick turn. on April 12th, 2018, that both the King of Kong and Mortgage Broker scores, as depicted on the the tapes, were not on genuine ar- arcade hardware, essentially. Yeah. Because of the policy that states intentional efforts to mislead Twin Galaxies will result in a lifetime ban, all of Billy's scores were removed, not just Donkey Kong. And because of this, the organization no longer considers him to be the first person to achieve the perfect game of Pac-Man either. Man, that's really taken a lot away from yeah, mm-hmm. away from you. Like, they're not it, fucking around. No. So it, it's it, like, at this point, they're also just like, we're going to erase your legacy. And, I can... and that's that's the main critique that I think that Billy Mitchell has. Because in the year that followed, Billy Mitchell has routinely stated in v- interviews, videos, and appearances that he was... Uh, collecting evidence that would exonerate him, right? Yeah. And as early as April of 2019, Billy actually filed a defamation lawsuit. First uh, of many. I yeah, believe. yeah. In, like, he basically, he only filed it to fit within California's statute of limitations for defamation cases, which would have run out a year after they've removed the records. So he launched a libel case against Twin Galaxies and Guinness, seeking a total of about thirteen million in damages. Okay, and this is when he kind of also became a bit of a like much a, more contentious figure. Yes, exactly. He I was trying to think of a way of how to movie word it. villain to internet villain. Yes, yes. I, yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting mm-hmm. it as well. Which you said also like his where he grew up and his age. This was kind of how you would react to something like that. Yeah, like yeah. Because he's also people he's, forget, he was running other he had an other life of, of yes, stuff that he was yeah, managing like like people out, like, people think that like his life before the King of Kong like I can't imagine he made he 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 obviously did appearances after the King of Kong based off its success yeah but prior to that he just played Donkey Kong because he loved it yeah you know and he he turned his family business their their hot sauce line like he grew it like he was pretty successful in life like if you ask me his his life was probably more defined by non-Donkey Kong things than it was Donkey Kong until recently when obviously like people have kind of taken it and, and uh, created their own they really just exacerbated the entire thing from both sides like him yeah. like he as well hey, this and is the age of reactions it is That's... it is <laughs> eventually and, and to... a lot of the the reporting around this time was very sensational yes very like, very yeah. clickbaity yeah and there was an angle to all of it like Hell, it it, it they, worked on me. Like it just like I don't think that they gave him a fair shake because they, everyone knew him as the villain from the King of Kong. Of course, it already so it makes it easier to hate the villain and say this guy's a piece of shit without actually trying to see the other's perspective. Yeah. Also, I mean, in in a similar way to how the documentary was trying to present an arc and needed a villain. If you got yeah. a trending story that goes viral, you need a villain. It's true. You need a reason for people to click on it, and hate is the easiest reason, the easiest emotion to exploit, I should say. Hate clicking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, with all this in mind, fast forward to September of 2019, this culminated in a 156-page evidence package that was sent <laughs> by the law firm operating on behalf of Billy Mitchell, along with a demand letter to both Twin Galaxies owner Jace Hall and Guinness threatening legal action unless his scores were reinstated. He also wanted Guinness to apologize. Specifically because... Like publicly? Their, just like... It, 
either to him privately or publicly. Okay. Specifically, I believe in their 2019 edition of Guinness Book of World Records, there was a piece in the video game portion where it said something like the records that um, that no longer were, the records that never were, and it specifically has a picture of him and Todd Rogers together. Yeah, I mean, that, he had history with that. Yeah. You know, with like part of them kind of forming their brand was yeah. he played a, was a key factor in that. And let me be clear here. I read all 156 <laughs> pages of this evidence package. <laughs> and to be honest, I'd love to have you. <laughs> it, it means absolutely nothing. It was a waste of fucking time. Really? Yes. To begin, like, it's it's so rife with spelling errors. <laughs> it's jam-packed with a lot of witness testimony under penalty of perjury under the laws of the state of California Jesus. and Florida. Uh, and it's signed and dated. Most of the pages are scanned documents or screen grabs that were pressed into an Adobe file. And I know this because some of the typing still has the red and blue autocorrect lines underneath oh my the word. <laughs> some of the images even have dots around the corner, like it was pasted into Word or PowerPoint. Like you could see, like, the yeah. change the yeah, image when you, type. when you insert a... Yeah. Yep. It, it, it clearly runs into the slippery slope fallacy, where he uses one thing to justify the next. He cites screenshots of YouTube comments that claims uh, they only arose after Guinness defamed his name in their record books. And the few pieces that looked well put together were from his key witnesses. However, they were brought in under the auspices of becoming expert witnesses. And I'm sorry, but being really good at Donkey Kong on arcade doesn't make you an expert on how arcade board programming works versus MAME. Oh, no, no, not at all. I mean, I mean... It can, but it's not. It's like it's. You like, can. You you're can, really good at. You're really you good be, at Rock Band Three, right? Yeah. Okay. Now. Can no, you, I know exactly how it's built, and I could make it myself. Now, can you tell me the differences between, uh, we'll say, an illegal drum set used on Rock Band Three versus an authentic drum set? Well, that's a tough example because they use MIDI, so you can you can kind of use adapters to connect whatever you want to it. So what you're telling me is no. I forgot the question. Oh, yeah, I got you. No, no, <laughs> like. Luckily for everyone here, the actual statement from his law office was pretty concise, and it got to the point. Guinness ended up caving and restored his historical score claims before it got to an actual, like, actual uh, court. Can I insert something here? Because I actually watched a video about this not too long ago. What's up? Yeah. Um, I was watching a video of uh, H. Bomber guy talking awesome. to a lawyer. Uh, there's like a YouTube lawyer guy that like has a podcast. And the video game lawyer. Yeah. Yes. No, not the video game uh, lawyer. That's like Law Eagle or something is the, the channel. Oh, name. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about defamation lawsuits specifically. Because oh, if you were a YouTuber who is making fun of political figures or public figures, celebrities, and you were to get sued for defamation, what I mean, actually he, constitutes defamation? Right, because he's very particular in a lot of his videos about like libel, where it's just yes. like you have to... It's a lot of just... Around based around the wording of how you phrase things can make all the difference, but yes. <laughs> and I found out a couple of very interesting facts, which is that you have to prove a you have to prove malicious intent. Which, like, I don't feel like Billy like as as much as we say these a lot of these stories are framing him. Like, he should have technically i guess sued the people who were writing about it not guinness themselves because guinness had no malicious intent no but they were broadcasting it and that's why that's what sure, made them a target for but him 
And you also have to prove that um, the person making the claims, the libelous or defamatory claims, is doing so with the knowledge that they are wrong. Because it's right. not, that is it's the, not that's defa- the thing. It's not defamation if you if it's a mistake. If you yourself believe that it is the truth. Yes. Which is a huge problem now because we have a lot of people spreading misinformation around the internet. Yeah. But it, it's very hard to prove that somebody knew that they were misinforming and acted people and acted maliciously. Maliciously, yeah. Also Which is why you never see Keemstar ever apologize. Exactly. Third interesting fact. Uh, celebrities have a much harder time proving libel or defamation. Yes. Well, yeah, especially when you have things like parody and satire. Exactly. And like all the, the, fam- the famous behind. case is the, I forget the person, so forgive me for that. You can look it up. But there was a famous figure who Hustler posted a fake interview with where he described in vivid detail how he lost his virginity. <laughs> and he sued Hustler for libel and lost because the story was so ridiculous nobody would ever believe it. Also, okay. so then then they just said it was like entertainment not also speaking t- as Tucker true. Carlson and Fox Ugh. News have won a lot of uh that way specific lawsuits like this by claiming and this is a an internet fact that people spread around a lot by claiming that Tucker Carlson's show is so ridiculous that nobody would take it seriously. Well, I thought that was the Alex Jones defense as well. It is, yeah. yeah. It's the same for and Alex Jones. It's just Jones. like, oh, yeah. he's an actor. He's, not... It's a, it's a character. Yeah. yeah, it's not a person. He's not making libelous claims because it's a script. And but it's it doesn't fiction. matter that people are taking it. But people are taking it seriously. Yeah. But the question then becomes like, Billy is a celebrity, and Billy is a celebrity because uh, of King of Kong. Yeah, and so like if he's gonna sue Guinness for defamation, it 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 becomes harder to prove because why didn't he sue the directors of King of Kong for defamation for framing him in such a bad light? Right? Interesting. Like there's, pre- I mean, I know he wasn't. There's you got to deal with le- you got to deal with legal precedent and all that as well. Sorry, that was a bit mm. of a tangent. No, but no, that's really that's, good. Yeah, well, I, I can only imagine that to be in the King of Kong, he probably signed waivers. Like waving. Well, his of right course, there's a them. lot, but but at the same time, I imagine he probably still makes money off of it. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. But I, and but again, though, I'm sure he wasn't a part of that editing process. No, and no, did not know what the the framing of all of his scenes were going to be. Yeah, when structured into what it was. Yeah, but so so yeah, Billy Mitchell. Uh, he is he files his lawsuit against Twin Galaxies and Guinness. Guinness kind of rescinds or like, fuck it, dude. All right. Have your title back, whatever. Yeah. And this leads us to May of 2020, where Twin Galaxies files an anti-slap motion in which the L.A. County Court judge actually denied. And anti-slap laws are designed to provide yeah, what an early... It's an early dismissal of meritless lawsuits uh, filed in response to uh, your ability to exercise your First Amendment rights. So it's mm. like, anti-slap is like, oh, you know, I make a joke at your behest, you immediately sue me. Right. I follow an anti-slap. And then, like, there's a waste of time. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, I had to look it up, but SLAP is an acronym, S-L-A-P-P. Yes. Stands for Strategic Lawsuit Against Public Participation. And basically, the reason SLAP exists is because a lot of very f- rich people, <laughs> Scientology, will uh, <laughs> will just, like, if they have a bunch of money and a bunch of lawyers, yeah. will just levy lawsuits against people. Because in order to fight a lawsuit, you have to have money. You have to spend money. Of course. You have to spend money. 
Like even if it's ridiculous. Yeah. So doesn't, sla- it's not slap a, doesn't matter how right you might be. Slap is in place to basically be like, we're f- I hired a lawyer, but we're filing a slap lawsuit against you to basically be like, you're bullying me. Stop. I don't want to pay a bunch of money to fight this in court. Yep. Essentially. Okay. So it's like a quicker ruling to get out of court when you're just basically being bullied. Yeah. This this L.A. County judge, uh, Judge Gregory Alacron, Alarcon, Judge Greg, <laughs> <laughs> he shot it down and held that Mitchell is a public figure and the matter at hand is a controversy of public interest to the gaming community. In order to prevail, Mitchell must first prove that Twin Galaxy statements were false and that the record keeper acted with actual malice there you go. when making its claims. Yep. Yeah. There you go. The ruling purposely does not examine the evidence or factual claims presented by the parties, but acknowledged that Twin Galaxy seems to be confident in its statements and that it conducted a lengthy investigation of the dispute. The judge also acknowledged that Twin Galaxies could have consulted Nintendo for verification of his performance, which it failed to do so after Mitchell's request. The judge also seemed concerned about Twin Galaxies' refusal to interview eyewitnesses put forth by Mitchell, and a trial date was set for December 4th, 2020. Now, Twin Galaxies... Yeah, we're getting real current here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Twin Galaxies' new counterclaim goes much further to attack Billy Mitchell than their previous statements. Saying that old Twin Galaxies, referring to Walter Day and Billy Mitchell, relied on good-faith analysis of the tapes that Twin Galaxies no longer recognizes as legitimate. They go further to say that they had focused on the technical anomalies in the video itself that led to the choice to strike the scores from the record, that Mitchell lacked the requisite natural skill or ability to be the greatest video game player of all time, Uh, and accuses (laughs) old Twin Galaxies of planning to return Billy Mitchell's prestige with fraudulent scores. Mm. Yeah. Both Billy Mitchell and Walter Day, this is a quote, uh, both Millie Mitchell and Walter Day knew that these scores were fake, but is still included on the Twin Galaxies score database because of their need for self-aggrandizing, uh, their avarice, and their desire to create perceived value for the database so that they could one day sell Twin Galaxies and its score database and take the huh. money for themselves. <laughs> wow, that's a... That's, that's a theory. It goes further a, to to the weighty uh, accusation. Yeah, yeah. It goes further to explain that they purposely suppressed scores from other competitors and altered rules to secure Mitchell's position atop the scoreboard. All right, that's little. This tinfoil hat is where it becomes a legal matter because of the alleged manipulation and lying about their old scores. The pair, uh, Walter Day and. Billy Mitchell, represented and warranted in the purchase agreement that the Twin Galaxy score database does not contain any untrue, misleading, uh, or false statements of fact. So these alleged lies led to a loss value of assets purchased from old Twin Galaxies, particularly loss of value in the scores database, because of the association of fraudulent scores, thereby diminishing its value without the new owner's knowledge. What does this all mean? Right? Like, well, we'll get there. (laughs) This is even further compounded by accusations that Mitchell and Day mismanaged the funds of Twin Galaxies by treating the assets of the corporation as their own by paying personal debts with corporation funds. Apparently, the pair commingled their own funds 
with those of the corporations, made promises a stock offering that it never intended to keep, and stifled creditors on multiple debts. Jeez. The alleged improprieties also extend to a previous 2008 sale of Twin Galaxies to Peter Bouvier. For how much? Probably Bouvier. 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 According to... That Marge, Marge Simpson's... Yeah, her main name, yeah. <laughs> So after selling to Mr. Bouvier, the $200,000 sale was apparently reversed when Mitchell and Day Based took control of the Twin Galaxies score database from Peter by exercising undue influence over him while he was incapacitated with Alzheimer's disease. So <sighs> what started as a gimme back my title has now become a commingling of funds and assets which can open a person up to civil liabilities and in cases of alleged fraud or embezzlement criminal charges so this is escalated yes (laughs) so if those stick twin galaxies could take billy's house or even worse uh making him hang up his number one most american suit the red white and blue with the uh, american flag for the number two most american suit an orange jumpsuit (laughs) It's a good joke. So don't take the sauce away. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so like he basically files this this lawsuit against Twin Galaxies and they're like, look, dude, just just give it up. And he's like, no. So he keeps going forward with it. And Twin Galaxies they hey, just, he's sticking in it to his you know. Yeah, Twin Galaxies holds back. They say, like, look, we're trying to settle this, etc. Then it finally goes to court and they're like, we're just gonna level this. Yeah. Like, I mean the Twin Galaxies, the way that I see it, it's like they're not necessarily wrong, like in the sense of like they played fast and loose back in the day and tried to legitimize it. Yeah, there wasn't the really sale. A, there wasn't really a blueprint also to how like yeah to how it was done yeah. right and all of this stuff with Twin Galaxies this this isn't actually Billy's first well, I rodeo. Say a solid blueprint, not like but like this is this isn't fi- Billy's first rodeo with the county courts. No, so back in May of 2020. Billy issued a letter of intent to sue a YouTuber for a million dollars over claims that he made a video back in 2018. Yeah, so we were just discussing before the show. And what is important to note here is that the very same YouTuber was the same person who brought to the mainstream attention analysis by Omnigamer and compared it against Todd Rogers' time, which set in the motions for this entire claim to begin. Right? So the the same Mm -hmm. YouTuber that took down Todd Rogers and saw the success of that Moved on. Moved on to Billy Mitchell. And after receiving generally positive feedback from his takedown from Rogers, uh, he he then issued this one against Mitchell. And while Billy was overly cautious about properly responding to the allegations publicly, this person took it upon themselves to get the answer straight from Mitchell himself. He traveled to two events, which Mitchell was personally at, where he recorded footage of him meeting Billy Mitchell. However, I have not seen any recorded footage from the events themselves, but I know one of them, he actually dressed up like Billy Mitchell. Yeah. And shortly after receiving a letter from Billy Mitchell's attorneys, um, like, obviously, this this YouTuber, like, he kind of started to go in a downhill spiral. That's pretty much as far as I wrote as it relates to this YouTuber. I'm not, obviously, I'm not giving the name out because... It's a sensitive topic. It is. It is. Um, like a lot has happened since all this started, especially for this said individual. And recently this YouTuber has, has passed away and it doesn't feel right. Like putting their business on display for everyone, because as it pertains to Billy Mitchell, it kind of, it kind of ends there. Yeah. You know, 
But there was another YouTuber who uh, sued. They be they become separate discussions. Yes, discussions. yeah, yeah, separate topics altogether. But there was a new another YouTuber that he did sue uh, that I will name. His name is Carl Jobst. He's an Australian YouTuber. Okay. Back to Australia, huh? Oh, there it is. I could I could hear it now. Waltz and Matilda <laughs> underneath. <laughs> so Billy has also issued legal threats against speedrunner and YouTuber Carl Jobst over his statements in the video. Guinness World Records should stay out of gaming. The two threats sent to Carl on July 30th of 2020 were issued from an Australian law firm where he takes residence. And the settlement they offered included deleting the YouTube video, a written uh, note that he would never repeat any of the allegations contain, like contained in the video about Billy Mitchell. They were our client or anything similar. Okay. A written apology to Billy Mitchell in terms which are satisfactory to both the law firm and Billy. Yeah. Payment of Billy's cost, which they estimate to be in order of about $1,500 American, USD, Not and payment of compensatory damages in the sum of 150000 Okay, that's the... So, <laughs> Carl has vowed to fight this case all the way to the end, if need be, and highlights uh, his hypocrisies and errors in, like, his evidence package. So, since then, like, what has really been going on, uh, obviously... Carl Jobst has followed up with this, has made another video about it. Very, very recently, Billy oh, yeah. Mitchell kind of put out uh, another statement about it. In the video, if you look at it objectively and don't take sides, Carl kind of he kind of puts a lot of the blame of like, hey, because you sued this this young kid, right? Like it put undue stress upon his life, which ultimately culminated in his death. Uh, his death. Yeah. And it goes without saying that that is just not fair, in my opinion. That is just not fair to kind of levy levy against it. And Billy Mitchell put yeah. out this response video that was like, "Hey, I don't disagree. Here is here is the settlement that I actually reached with this YouTuber. He did not pay me any money. He deleted the videos. Um, like, in fact, he was like pretty much representing false information out to people there, because there's of, other factors yeah. at play here, is what you're saying, and that's not yes, yeah, that yeah, should yeah. not come down upon. Upon him. Yeah. So, yeah, like for Billy Mitchell's future and like how bad this this court with Twin Galaxies is looking, like I have a theory about how I think it all went down, right? Okay. Mitchell's a good Donkey Kong player. Yeah. He's, he's exceptional, right? At some point in time, he was probably the best in the world. However, years have passed and it wasn't until he was given the opportunity to be in the King of Kong that he realized he probably still loves the limelight because you got to remember in the eighties he was he, like he was traveling around with Walter Day. He went to like yeah. conventions, stuff like that. Like he, he was celebrity. He was out there, yeah, yeah. In, in some form or another, at least in a niche hobby. And uh, think, that's that. See, I'm glad that you mentioned that because gaming is not what it is. Uh, like, yeah, it's not what it was back then. Yes. So now there are way more people. Um, but he still falls into a niche category. He's a he classic yeah. or retro video game player, and which he will has always a community. Have yeah. They do, and it's not speedrunners. Like, I would kill to go to a pinball tournament because you know the people playing there. Oh, they're yeah. like, oh, I'm a foreman. Yeah, you know, like they have, like they have their lives. It's like on the side, I compete on pinball. Yeah, like it's still a niche hobby. So you know, it's them. just for the passion of the craft. It's, it's yeah. not. It's yeah. not for like anything like. Oh, I'm gonna break a speedrun on like uh, you know the the new Digimon game. Yeah, you can't sell you know? it. They're just yeah, and. I think all the scores he posted are legitimate scores he got himself without cheating as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's also like I think the record keeping at Twin Galaxies was was super shoddy at best. 
And while Walter Day may have had, he may have been a little bit too much of an optimist and a very nice guy, but he didn't realize that like people would cheat the system. Right. Yeah. Like, and through that optimism and being a nice guy, he eventually parlayed his entire life success into a relationship with Guinness, legitimizing it. And it, it both, it, it both validated his role in gaming, but it also left it open to be manipulated. And I think it's no surprise that everyone that became part of his inner circle at some point held a world record from Guinness. Mm-hmm. I think they even parlayed their relationship with his credentials to basically manipulate the system for like their own good. And I'm not saying all the stuff they did was as egregious as like Todd Rogers. Sure. Yeah. But by either suppressing the competition or in Billy's case, a Billy's case, uh, creating meme tapes, Right. I think he produced that footage originally as a story piece for the movie. Right. Mm. To have it be Billy wins at the end. But he really just played on a meme cabinet, probably for the ease of simplicity. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. They're like, hey, Billy, we're thinking for this story arc, if you could send us a tape of you breaking a million. Because you got to remember, he knew he could do it. It was just a matter of like when he did it. Yeah. So he just did it. Well, I mean, imagine you accomplishing something that's very difficult, but that you like, like, and someone's like, hey, recreate this again. Yes. Like, it's you'd still have to prepare yourself physically and mentally and practice to be able yeah. to, you know, like, so I, I think he, I think he filmed on it. I think he filmed it. At it request. was on meme. Yeah. On request. Yeah. yeah. And then months down the road when everyone forgot about it, I don't know if he tried to pass it off as legitimate or people were just like, yo, Billy, like, remember that record from the King of Kong? You want us to enter that in one way or another? I don't think he thought that this would be as contentious as it would. Right. Like, you thought it'd just be like, hey, I did get this million point score, right? Okay, it's on MAME, whatever. And then they enter it. And I think without people's technical understanding of how authentic cabinets load and the work of like Omni Gamer, like decompiling Dragster, all this would have just been swept under the rug. And if the primary referees for validating scores were basically all friends with each other and personally motivated to make fraudulent scores, then yeah, this this shit's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I think. I also think that Billy going to court is a fucking death sentence. Like what started as a defamation lawsuit to get his story out has really become a potential like civil damages and even criminal trial. I mean, he's going to be fighting for his reputation pretty much. Yeah. Forever. I think twin galaxies did take the word of the public a little too seriously when handling the case. However, I also think that they have every right and every power to really do so. Yeah. Agreed. They create a verification process by which the community basically chooses what cases get reviewed, and Billy's got enough support. So they reviewed it to the best of their ability, and they made the call. I think everyone has a gripe here. It's like the new order of Twin Galaxies because his brand value is basically plummeting by the fucking day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the entire process has kind of been fast and loose for the past 30 fucking years, and now they're finally saying, you need better validation to this. And Billy got upset, and it's not like Billy doesn't have a fallback either because he's got his family fucking business which is already super successful yeah he can literally just retire but instead he wants to like fight for his name for his name and his and his sake and like it's he's a pro in my opinion he's approaching it the, in the incorrect way like he's he's kind of yeah. like the it, it's i mean you were telling we were talking about this a bit uh, like before Ann, and you were saying like there there's some people aren't able to kind of let that stuff go and ignore it even if it in the long run will probably benefit them in a better way yeah but it's He's but, handling it the same way our dads would handle exactly. it. Exactly. It's a very old-fashioned kind of way of, you know. YouTubers, they, like, some people, they, they clamor for public attention like yeah. this, right? Because any attention is good uh, is good attention to them, good, bad, or ugly. But putting yourself out there was 
meant something differently back yes, then as opposed to it now. Did. You know, it's just like, like I don't think he's he's getting a fair shake. I think that he just needs to he needs to either get out of the arena altogether. Stop stop engaging people on YouTube or calling you a piece of shit. Let them. Who cares? Yeah. You know you're good at Donkey Kong. You have the people that are close to you. But like you feel like he feels a need to like defend himself against people who, let's be honest, they have, they got all the time in the world to fucking yeah, see what they want. Exactly. And it's tough because if I was in a any position like that and was being misrepresented, it it would be difficult to to yeah. ignore those like can you imagine because of a, a meme tape, right? A meme tape, thirty years of what you've been working at and what you've been passionate about as your hobby is then erased and people think of you as an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if you broke the record for, I don't know, uh, some kind of drumming thing on Rock Band 3, right? I love that you keep holding this I, up. I it's always like... say it because like the only thing I could think of. Or even better, <laughs> let's say like your Tetris scores, right? Yeah. Oh, I told you I, I will find a way to get Tetris back in here. Right? You. You're banned. Oh. <laughs> Let's both say both, yeah. let's say you break the record for like the most Tetris Invictus scores in a row, yeah. right? Wins in a row. And then 5 years from now, you upload a fake video of yourself, but it's really just a task playing Tetris Invictus and it wins one time and you're like, "Check it out guys, I'm the best." And then because of that, they invalidate all your previous achievements. Man, what you're saying makes me never want to participate in this industry ever. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, what are your thoughts, Austin? I feel like, yeah, he... It's one thing to, like, argue the point and even to get tussled up with, like, YouTubers and stuff, right? But that is a very, like, old-school faith-in-the-justice-system way to look at it. Like, I know what I did, and now the courts will... will justice will be served in the <laughs> end, right? And it's like, maybe against a YouTuber, sure. But you're suing a corporation now. And that's not how that shit works. No. You know, <laughs> even even someone as small as Twin Galaxies now, they have the money and the pull to hire the lawyers who could, like, pour over some fucking documents and be like, hey, this contract you signed when you sold Twin Galaxies was fucking bullshit, and yeah. now we're coming after everything. Like... If you just left well enough alone, like you would have, you could have just, you know, skated by on your hot sauce and, and wing business or whatever. But fuck, we're taking that now too, you know? Yeah. Y you're 100% right. And, and like, yeah. And the fact that, like, you know, yeah, once the cat's out of the bag, like he agreed to Can't do. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Exactly. Well, you know, once he agreed to do King of Kong. You know, he can come out all he wants and say, like, hey, they portrayed me as the villain. And I think people were a little bit on his side in that because, like I said, and we'll do, we'll get to it in I'm our really commentary. I'm really looking forward to this viewing, by the way. I <laughs> but, like, it's very obvious that he is framed as the villain. It, you know, and, like, reality TV is a thing. I think people are well aware that clever editing is a thing. They are now. There was a time where people thought Jerry Springer was real. I think we're a bit wiser. It's not. <laughs> well, that that's what I'm saying, though. I think people are aware now. Yeah, looking back at gotcha. Yeah. That, like, I think even people who watch shit like The Bachelor and stuff. Oh, they like, com they're completely. It's, it's entertainment. I know it's bullshit, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Or, like, I watch Chopped. 
I oh, know, yeah. I know when there's oh. ten seconds left and the people are yeah. throwing. Yeah, not. My mom has participated in, yeah. the, in those types of shows. When people yes. are throwing parsley on the plate, that <laughs> there's not actually ten no. seconds left. <laughs> there are people They're doing who, that with five minutes left, and they yeah. they get yeah. the reaction shots of people's yeah, faces. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I think his most recent like. Yeah, Randy's right when it's like people are calling him into question. He's just like, that won't stand. I am good at Donkey Kong. It's like, you know how I think I would have responded as Billy? How? I think I would have got, and this would cost money and stuff, but like I would have got another board verified by somebody at Nintendo. I would have gotten an actual Donkey Kong arcade cabinet. That's well, tough after Ver- that guy. <laughs> sure. Longer there. Verified it, and I would have beat a million points again. Yeah. And just been yeah. like, and, and recorded it in like, and people are always going to call out and say you're still a cheater. Yeah. But I mean, there's a certain percentage of folks at, you're never going to be able to say. Yeah. But, but at the end, I would have just been like, look, I understand the main thing was. Uh, was I mean, that's a, also difficult. The main difficult. thing was a mistake, and it was part of the movie. Yep. And they just wanted me to get this yeah. tape of me playing a million for their story. I'm good at Donkey Kong. I can still do it. Congrats to the new world record holder. Yeah. Uh, and all that. But, like, you know. I mean, I'm, that's the thing. I, it might, you it's may, no you easy may see to be like, hey, do it again yeah. for us. Sure, like, but eh. I I think he could do it, given enough I think, attempts. I think he could, too. He's not. But like to, older, just, to just, or anything, to but just do that and just be like, look, I can still do it. Riding a bike, jump, jump in a barrel. Yeah. Same thing, right? <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> and just been like, you know, congrats to whoever's in Guinness. I don't need to be in Guinness. But I can still do it. So. Yeah. Right. But to some people that. You're never gonna please but, everybody. No, you're not. But I also, I, I more meant like with him. I think his his legacy is really. As a part yeah, of his identity, just, that's important to him. It is, but it's just a misunderstanding of uh, of how the, how legacy works in the days of the internet. Yes, very true. Because you sue somebody like this, that doesn't. That's your good. fucking legacy now. Yeah. Like because of the way clickbait and shit works. Like yes. nobody, if you think about it too, it's not like Billy Mitchell like made millions off. King of Kong either. He's just a no. guy. Yeah. Like so, they're trying to pit it as like, oh, this like big evil guy is suing this small YouTuber, and it's like... Carl Jost probably has way more money than Billy Mitchell does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, but I know what you're saying. Like, the playing field is a lot more equal than I think the reporting would imply. Yes. Like, like they, they, they they think he has, like, a, a closet of lawyers that are ready to come out and attack anybody. I but think like, that is a direct result of being on the silver screen in that in that movie. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. for sure. Well, I, like, and, and we've already, you know, like, we've said that a bunch, but I just want to admit, like, it's tough to... To really cement down, like, when you're in that kind of picture, it's like you're being seen as, like, yeah, some sort of, like, royalty in the arcade gaming or, space. Like, you know, like. The other way to do it is to just become that character. Really lean into just it? Just release, like, like wrestling a wrestling. Style. He just released, <laughs> like, a wrestling promo and be like, yeah, I fucking cheated. <laughs> And I'll do it again and then sell, like, Billy Dirty Mitchell Dan. suck shirts or something. 
Like, that's how I would do it. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. That's how I would do it if I was him. I mean, we don't don't know that this isn't part of his plan. There's some, like, Andy Kaufman level (laughs) that we're just years away from seeing the end of. You're not Peach and Donkey Kong, right? What's her name? Pauline. Pauline? Yeah. Right? The mayor of New Donk City, sir. Yes, you're right. (laughs) She moved on to bigger and better things from being caged. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, dude. Can you imagine Billy Mitchell cutting a promo? I can't believe what Donkey Kong did to Pauline. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take him down in the court of law. <laughs> the cream will rise to the top. Dude, I'm so excited to watch this movie now. Yeah, put a fucking game on Steam where it's Billy Mitchell and you're I mean, pl- you're playing as a oh, that Mario would be and trying to save like a, I don't know. He would um, definitely be uh, on the roster uh, like as a selectable character in our uh, crossover uh, fighting game of people in the mm-hmm. gaming mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that we, and personalities yeah, that and developers. We were, exactly <laughs> we were joking about earlier. yeah <laughs> like there's also other lawsuits i didn't talk about like obviously he's been depicted in um other tv shows as well in the movie pixels as yeah well. yeah like when did pixels come out 2015 so like yeah none of this stuff was Somewhere even going on yet and people were already poking at him oh yeah and and I'm sure that stupid ass movie didn't help either. Like in that, Neither like, did the is it the regular show? Oh yes! Oh my god! And didn't he? He might have pursued that as well. Yeah, I think he did. He, tr- he tried to. It got dismissed. Yes, there was. Um. Oh shit! Hold on. Like, yeah, there's an episode where they want to go play an arcade. Oh my god! And then there's like a Billy Mitchell type character. Like, where did he get that persona from? If it wasn't from the King of Kong, right? Yeah, because all this stuff. With like, Garrett Bobby Ferguson, and go. he looks just like him. Essentially, like his, yeah, his... like so. All this stuff came out beforehand, before all these allegations came out. So it was kind of it was loaded. <laughs> it was kind of loaded. And I, him. I like that show, but that was in in retrospect pretty mean spirited. Like yeah, because so, of because of course he's just a cheater at arcade game. Like that's forever what what people will think. Will like, think, like, man, yeah. See, I told you, I told you, I couldn't wait to come into this episode because, like, when you actually think about it, I think this is going to enlighten a lot of people. It's definitely like the most I've ever understood of the situation. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong; both sides were at fault here. There's definitely some shit. Yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. He did as well. And we're also not did. saying he's a hero. We're just no, saying definitely not. He definitely mismanaged a few things. There's more to the side. story, like how they determined what the perfect Pac-Man. Uh, I see you eyeing that chip up there with some Ricky's Louisiana famous hot sauce. You want to? You want to? Put it down. It's right. okay. Uh, if you want to take a, another bite, we can't blame you. Um, like, yeah, the way Twin Galaxies was set up was obviously in his favor. Um, the way that they determined the perfect Pac-Man score, like, it, it just seemed kind of like an, an old boys club type thing. Like, sure. if you were yeah. in the inner circle, you were in. That's not necessarily right. It does give do. off that vibe, though. There's a bit of a gatekeeping aspect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And... I to be honest, I don't think he actually plans like when he when he sues people, he's just trying to get their YouTube videos down. Like some Beyonce get but, that off the internet. Or what did you uh the Streisand, the Streisand effect. effect? Yeah. 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 So Beyonce did do that as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they purposely make sure that they don't include any footage of him or anything that he does so they can't get copyright striked. Yeah. Like the people who are making these videos about him are doing it for a very specific purpose, and that's because Anger incites people. Yeah, yeah. Right? More clicks, 
more ex more exposure videos and exposés. It, sha about it shapes people perception. And it, it does. It feels just more. Yeah. And like he's in a he's entering an arena that he just cannot compete in because what he knows is classic arcade. He doesn't know modern video day editing and like. We can barely keep up with that shit. Yeah. That's, what, that's what you're saying. Like he's just a dude. He's yeah, he's like, just a dude. Yeah, like he he was not. He didn't sign up to like be able to deconstruct all internet etiquette into the most thoughtful fucking like you know. Like it's. I think the best way to put this, and we'll end on this. When the example you say with like Beyonce or Barbara Streisand, yeah. I think the internet forms these villains because it's like. Somebody put up a picture of Beyonce where she doesn't look flat. Like, she doesn't look like one of the most beautiful women in the world for <laughs> once. And it's like, and she's like yeah. suing them to take it off the internet. It's like, dude, fuck off back to your mansion. Yeah. You have millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with Barbara Streisand, right? Where it's like, <laughs> I want this taken off the internet. It's like, dude, fuck you and go back to your fucking mansion. Yeah. But And then, like, there will be times when, like, YouTubers will pick on normal people. Yeah. And, um... And like people will, the internet will side with the normal person. It's like, yeah. dude, you're, you're well. in this case, you're punching down. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think what you, what you're trying to say, Chris, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just like a thing of like people view this, people view Billy Mitchell as a celebrity who's made money, like a lot of money, off being popular for playing Donkey Kong, and they're viewing the YouTubers who are taking him down. As, as the underdogs, underdogs. and they yeah. view them as punching up at Billy Mitchell, but maybe it's just a dude who owns a restaurant who has a modest family life in Florida, and maybe it's not actually punching up, it's punching down. Yes. And so, like, but it's kind of level, and the internet doesn't really know how to handle it yeah. when it's level. Yeah. It just kind of leads to this, like, baseless drama, like the Keemstar shit. That, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just an equal. It's like, oh, that's a great way to fucking put it. Hold on, there's one more thing I want to say. Delicious. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> um, I I he, can't wait he, to watch a King of Kong. Too. He also has some pretty yeah. good sauce. He does. he does make some good hot sauce. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if Ricky's world famous Louisiana hot sauce made in America would like to sponsor Hot Button, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Billy, if Let's you hear this, A, please don't sue us. <laughs> um, I don't think you would if you listened to him. No. And B, if you want us to plug, uh, if you want to pay us to plug Ricky's more, yeah. we absolutely will. Yes. Yep. Uh, no we question. take forms no in the currency of Ricky's famous Louisiana <laughs> hot sauce. Because your hot sauce, you know, Donkey Kong aside, your hot sauce is absolutely fucking delicious. Yeah. Uh, and it should <laughs> no be it should be in stores all across America. Agreed. I'm gonna make a little sandwich here. Uh, Austin, you want <laughs> the little chip? <laughs> you want a chip sandwich? Yeah, with sauce in the middle, man. Are you gonna chew it while I'm doing plugs? I'll hold it away from. Dude, it's so good. He, it's so good. He can't keep himself away from it. I still heard. I that. still heard it. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we, we've plugged a lot along the way, but uh, if you want to hear more stories like this and others not like this at all, uh, you can find more episodes at hotbuttoncast.com, including part one to this saga. Um, and keep your eye on hotbuttoncast.com in the coming weeks 
for our commentary on King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, yeah. the documentary made about Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe uh, fighting for the million-point score in Donkey Kong. Also, subscribe <laughs> to hear more stories in the future. Uh, I don't know exactly what we have coming up, but we got... Oh, we got some stuff. We got some stuff <laughs> in, in the oven, and we got some more, even some more movie commentaries yes. coming uh pretty soon and uh, and if obviously if you haven't i assume everyone's listened to part one but check out our, our yeah check uh, our, if this is your first episode check out part one and our series on night trap and our uh, history of g4 which is now even the the, the gears have kicked up even like further on that uh that oh, reboot yeah. that they're they're doing so yeah and keep listening because we'll have we'll probably have we do a yearly update cast for all uh yeah, we're going to have a sure, lot to, <laughs> sure, to go back to. Despite the fact that we took a break, I'm sure this year we're going to have a lot of updates about G4 and a lot of updates about Billy Mitchell's lawsuit and a lot of <laughs> updates about, yes. maybe not as many about Night Trap, but, you know. Um, <laughs> now the control vision is coming out. <laughs> and if you want to hear when, what topics we're working on and when and what's coming in the pipeline, follow our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at HotButtonCast. And I think that's it. All right. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, guys. I'm going to yeah. go eat some more chips. I know. <laughs> now I want to fucking eat some Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. There'll always be the argument that video games are meant to be played for fun. Believe me, some of it's a lot of fun. Video games are meant to be played at home, relaxing, on a couch, amongst friends. And they are. And that's fun. Competitive gaming, when you want to attach your name to a world record, when you want your name written into history, you have to pay the price.